The National Guard is being deployed to Kenosha, Wisconsin, because as most of you probably heard by now, a man got shot in the back seven times. But the story isn't so simple as just claim the cops walked up, shot a guy in the back several times. But regardless of what happened, riots erupted. A whole car dealership was burned to the ground right next to a sign that read Black Lives Matter. I think uh, I'm, I'm a bit worried this could lead to more widespread riots, kind of like the George Floyd riots we saw initially the first week of June. So I'm hoping it's not. That's why I think it's really smart to deploying the National Guard. But we're, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about some stories pertaining to these riots, to Black Lives Matter. We're also going to talk about Donald Trump's second campaign, or I'm sorry, a second term agenda list. If you've seen my main channel over at youtube.com slash Timcast, I said, I love it. I'm going to vote for the guy. I think it's great. I don't think it's perfect, but I think any sane person would look at it and say, this is a good list. And I noticed something interesting. There's another guy who had a similar list, and he's actually running for office in New Jersey. His name is Billy Prempe, and he's just sitting literally right here. Hello there. <laughs> yeah, so do you want to just introduce yourself real quick? Hello, everybody. So my name is Billy Prempe. I'm from Patterson, New Jersey. I've lived in Patterson for over 30 years of my life. Um, I'm a United States Air Force veteran, first-generation American. Parents, they migrated to this country from Ghana, West Africa. And, um, you know, they came here to give me a, a better life, give me a better get a better standard of living. They, they, were, they didn't really have much of a positive life back home in Ghana. And, you know, when I came to this country, or when I was, when I was raised in this country, my, when my parents came here, they, they wanted to do something different. There weren't a lot of opportunities. Growing up, my mother and her relatives, they lost everything that they had shortly after her father passed away. And um, they were all living in a kitchen probably twice the size of this little area here, right? They, had, wow. they cleared out the kitchen, put a bunch of bunk beds in there. There was about 13 people living inside of that, uh, inside of that, that room. And uh, my mother, she sold everything that she had, you know. Um, she sold everything that she owned, and she decided to move to the United Kingdom. Um, if you don't know, Ghana was colonized by the English, so it was quite simple to become a citizen wow. um, in England. She wanted to bring her older brother. Her older brother punked out. He just wussed out for some reason, didn't want to go over, <laughs> and that's okay. Um, so she went over there and just did some of the worst jobs in the world um, to try and make ends meet. And um, eventually, she ended up meeting my father. They came to the United States. And um, I popped out, yeah, <laughs> along with uh, my, my older brother and little sister, and uh, the rest is history, man. Wow, man, American dream. Uh, I would say so. I would say so. I would join say the Air Force. Join the Air Force. That's awesome. You know, um, it, and even with that, joining the United States Air Force, I, I decided to do it because um, at the time I was a big time Barack Obama supporter. You know, wow. big time, big time Barack Obama supporter. Um, I thought he was going to do a lot of great things for this country. You know, my parents coming here and seeing, you know, I never thought we'd ever see an African-American president ever. And here he is. He's on television. And I, that was at a, a moment when I was feeling ultra gung-ho American. I said, you know, this is a great thing. And, you know, I, I wanted to do something bigger than myself. I felt, you know, what's the best thing that I could do um, to give back to my country? At this point, my father had passed away. Um, mother was having a very difficult time making ends meet. And I said, you know, I can go to the Air Force because I'm not really getting much of an education here in community college. So I dropped out of there, decided to, to sign up for the, uh, the Air Force. Initially wanted to be a Marine, by the way. But, you know, they didn't want to take me. They said my score is too high. They didn't. Oh, yeah. Didn't, which, too, I thought was, which I thought was ridiculous because I'm like, you know, I want to be infantry. He's like, why do you want to be infantry? You can do something else. Like, why don't yeah. you do like, uh, like admin or something? I don't want to be an admin. So anyway, ended up joining the United States Air Force. Um, I was stationed at RAF Mildenhall, and I worked as an aerospace ground equipment mechanic. Um, for about two years. Um, I didn't end up finishing my full term while I was in the Air Force. And the reason being is because of uh, how things went when Barack Obama decided to get involved with, uh, with Libya. So at that time, um, our base, RF Mildenhall, we were a support base. 
Um, we did inner refueling for our sister base, sorry, F. Lake and Heath. They had all the fighter jets. They were, you know, going out, doing the combat thing. We had to go and take care of them. One day, or at least the day when this whole thing kicked off, um, nobody had any idea we were about to go into Libya until we were already in Libya. Wow. Um, in fact, that day, I was at the club on base with one of my sergeants. We were hanging out, had a couple of drinks. I go home, no big deal. Alarms start going off on the base. Jets start going crazy. They're flying off. And it was at that point that it, be, at that, at that point that it became apparent that this isn't just a job, you know, because it felt like a job the entire time. Right. You know, you wear a suit, go to work, do your job, you know, <laughs> go back, hang out with your friends and, and rally all night, you know. And um, at that point, it became apparent that, you know, something serious is happening. And at that point, I, I thought that, you know, it's probably the Russians or the Chinese or something. I'm like, who's who's going to steamroll England, you know, for us to what, what's England doing? It's not happening. Yeah, in the middle, yeah. You know, and um, we ended up having to go to the squadron building. They come out. They tell us, hey, we're doing a 24 hour shifts. Well, 16 hour shifts, seven days a week until mission accomplished. This is orders by the POTUS. Wow. Um, we're instilling a humanitarian no fly zone over Libya. That's a how they try to try to sugarcoat it and make it sound not so bad. And me, like a moron, I actually got in trouble for this. Me, like a moron, decided to raise my drunken hand and say, I don't understand. Why are we going? Because, listen, whenever, <laughs> whenever a commander or an officer like, yeah. says something, you know, or, or you tells you something, not just you do it. It's like they say, oh, any questions? It's a trick question. You don't answer the question, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, like an idiot. I raised my hand. I'm like, well, why are we doing this? It doesn't make any sense. You know, Libya is not a threat to the Constitution, the people or anything like that. Why are we in England getting involved and in, in putting American lives at risk? And he kind of just come me off and said, listen, either you do that. Or you get an Article 15 and that's it. All right. What is Article 15? Article 15 is like, like what are the worst punishments you can get? You can lose rank you can get arrested. All kinds wow. of stuff can happen to you. It really depends on the severity of what happens. Um. And from that point on, you know, there were a lot of uh, special forces planes that started coming to our base. At the time, the CV-22 Osprey was uh, not many people knew about the plane. I don't know if you know what it looks like, but uh, anyway. Is that the thing with the, like, the jets go right. up and down? Right, right, right. Yeah, right, I right. played Fallout, so they had those. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so um, that was the first time I saw one of those planes, and they weren't from our base. They were from somewhere else. These were all special forces planes, that were special forces units that were going to be using these planes. And um, the entire time, I just couldn't help but, but think to myself that, man, like, uh, people are going to die tonight, you know? And at yeah. this point, you know, I was, I was very politically involved, but I would say I, I was still in, in, in a daze or like in a haze as to like what's really, really going on in the world here. And when I saw this, I decided, you know, if I go out and I give this generator to these guys and they go out and do what they have to do, people are going to die. People are going to get hurt. And um, I didn't really want any parts of that. I disobeyed those orders. Ended up getting Whoa. in trouble. Yeah, I got in trouble for that. But, you know, looking back at it, I don't feel like I did the wrong thing. You know, at the time, Barack Obama made this uh, claim we're going to go into Libya and do this stuff. But he did it when um, he did it when uh, Congress was uh, when they couldn't come to a conclusion for the debt ceiling. They wanted to raise it in yep. 2010. Were, it was the shutdown or whatever. Correct. So it was shut down. People in the military didn't know if they were going to get paid and all kinds of stuff. And something in the back of my mind, and I'm glad I, I, and I was right. You know, in the back of my mind, I felt like this doesn't feel right. You know, even with uh, Iraq, you know, a lot of people didn't agree with Iraq, but at least George Bush got a declaration of war to go and do what he did. Right. The AUMF. Right. So I saw that. and I'm like, you know, this this isn't adding up to me you now. They're on the base. They're telling us that, you know, oh, don't pay attention to any of the fake news. It's on the television. You can only really get CNN and AFN, the Armed Forces Network, on, on yeah. the base. And the only thing it was really saying was the humanitarian no-fly zone has been successful. It's like no real, no real uh, answers as to what happened. But when I went off base, I went to my girlfriend at the Times house, and I started looking at Al Jazeera, Press 24, and all these other news stations. The protests that were happening in Libya were saying the completely different thing than what they were saying in the United States. And yep. the United States are saying, oh, we're, we're, we're doing this humanitarian thing and they're supporting us because they want to help get rid of Gaddafi. When in reality, they're like, 
we don't need NATO interference. You know, it's like we've got our own revolution going on. This is during the Arab Spring. We've got our own revolution going on. We don't want any American interference. Lo and behold, this happens. Benghazi happens shortly after that. Whoa. We start bombing lands. You start bombing farmlands and all kinds of stuff. It's doing things that, in my opinion, completely violated the Geneva Convention. So when I saw this, I was like, this is treason. You know, we didn't get we didn't get any authorization from Congress to do this. And now we're out here killing innocent people. Like I signed up to defend my country and I go out and wage these nonsensical wars. And you see what history has, 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 uh, has laid out. Shortly after that happened, you know, all these, uh, all these uh, terrorist cells, they came together, took over Tripoli. They created ISIS, started funneling oil through Syria. And um, the rest is history. And now in Africa, which, and I tell this to a lot of people that a lot of people aren't aware of, is, you know, the reason why I don't support Barack Obama anymore is we have the first black president, and he has done more for slavery than anybody else in history because right now in, in Libya well, it, it should I'm pretty sure it's still going on right now in Libya they have these open-air slave markets where they're going around collecting people from my parents country Ghana they're arrested they're they're kidnapping people all across the country and selling them off into slavery and that would have never happened whether you like Gaddafi or not it would have never happened if he was still alive and um, when I when I saw those kinds of things I kind of just wanted to get out I wanted to go back home and uh, it was a different story when I came home as well because going to England I got culture shock going over there. You know, I saw how everything was very different. There's cameras all over the place. I'm pretty sure you've been to England before, Oh, right? yeah. They got the crazy surveillance. Everywhere, right? Everywhere. Have you ever seen that meme where it's like George Orwell's old house? Yeah. There's a camera next to it? Yeah. That's crazy. exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, they had cameras all over the entire place. And um, I, I just was like, you know, I understand why we shot these guys and started our own country, man. You know what I mean? Like, no offense to the English over there, all right? I've got English kids. But it's like, you know... I, I I saw this and I, I just I just was not vibing with the country. I just wanted to go back to America and coming back to America, the country was totally different. Um, before I left, there was a lot of optimism. Everybody was happy. First black president, things are going good. You know, it's all great. But then Occupy Wall Street happened. Everybody's out here protesting. We didn't know what we were going to do with the bailouts. And everyone's for socialism. Everyone's for communism. Everybody's on this whole. Marxist train right now and it, it yeah. just it just blew my mind it didn't make much sense to me because the only thing that kept repeating in my mind is uh, I had a seventh grade teacher in um, school 18 in Patterson his name was Mr. Domicolo growing up he grew up in uh, in, in fascist Italy during the times of uh, World War II and he would tell us these kinds of things about like you know be very mindful and be very be very careful about these leaders that come in and promise all these kinds of things and they start drifting the country into socialism it always sounds like a good idea on paper but in practice it never ends it never ends well I remember a lot of kids were just like, ha ha, that'll never happen in America. You know, nobody really believed that. And look where we are today. You promise free stuff to people, they're going to take it. Oh, yeah, of course. And, um, and, and, and look at where we are right now. I got sick and tired of seeing this kind of stuff. I, got, I really, really got sick and tired of seeing this. And um, I kind of just kept the back seat and kept a lot of my opinions to myself. At this time, I was very, very big into Ron Paul. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Massively <laughs> big into you, Ron Paul. And the funniest thing is before I went into the Air Force, uh, this was around 2000, late 2008, early 2009. My friend uh, Dan Avery and Rich Eason, uh, they sat me down in front of a Starbucks in uh, Glen Rock, and we're talking about politics. I'm like, oh, yeah, Barack Obama. And these guys are all Ron Paul dudes. And yeah. like, do you know about the fractional reserve banking system? <laughs> do you know about Austrian economics? Yeah, you the, know? The, the Fed rabbit hole. Right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And it's like, do you know how money's created? You know, how's Obama going to pay for these kinds of things? And I had no idea. And then, you know, back then, it's like flip phones were still kind of the thing. Pulls out his flip phone and uh, not a flip phone, the, uh, the chocolate, Verizon chocolate phone. He pulls it out. 
we go on YouTube and we start looking at uh, Ron Paul videos, right? And I'm yeah. like, I don't want to watch this old guy. This is just kind of, <laughs> and this was like before old going Old Republican in. guy, dude. Yeah, you know what I mean? And at that point, I'm like, Republican. Ugh, you now know? you're a Republican. All day, all day, bro. You know, wait, I, wait, real quick, we, we mentioned you're running in uh, New Jersey's 9th yes, District. I'm running in the 9th District as a Republican. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, all right. continue, continue. All right. This is a great intro, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so, keep going, keep going. So, um, you know, we're watching this video about Ron Paul, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I don't care about this Obama, you know? And yeah. It, it, and I, but I always kept it in the back of my mind what they were talking about. But around 2010, when I came back, um, I started working at JFK Airport, doing the same thing I was doing in the Air Force, but uh, for JFK. And I couldn't even afford an apartment. Right? I, I, I was making like $28, $29 an hour, really good money, but the tax was just ridiculous. And uh, I ended up living with this guy named Nick in um, Ozone Park. And it's a whole other story. But this guy here, man. That was the first time I ever encountered a socialist and, and, and knew what a socialist was. Like in his house, he had like this massive communist flag hanging on the wall, all kinds of like literature from Lenin and all kinds of stuff. And I was intrigued. I'm not going to lie, because I've, I've never seen any of this kind of stuff. I'm like, whoa, look at all this Russian stuff. You know what I mean? So we're sitting down. We're talking about this stuff. It's like, oh, man, you should you should totally be a socialist. Like, you know, <laughs> we're for free college or for free health. You believe in equality. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I believe in equality. And he's like, you know what? You should come with me to this uh, this rally. Right. And it was in a church in Brooklyn, massive, massive church. There's probably about like 200 people inside this church. And there's this guy, he's up there and he's just like, you know, we're going to, we're going to fight for the rights and you know, we're going to get free college because college is too expensive. Rent is expensive. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, these are all good ideas. But I, I remember asking the people next to me, I'm like, this is cool. But like, how, how, are we, how are we going to implement this? And he's like, <laughs> what do you mean? How are we going to implement this, man? We're going to tax the rich. And I'm like, tax them what? Like how much? Like, like I don't know where. Right. And it's like, how he's, long? He's like, they're the 1%. They have the money to pay for this. And I'm like, you do realize these people have like massive jets, right? Like these guys have bank accounts. They can wire their money and disappear. <laughs> like there's, there's no way you're going to write any, unless you're going to write a law to, to, to mandate them from not leaving the country or moving their business. And I highly doubt you're going to be able to do that. But no one had a, a real answer. And it was at that point when I came back from that rally that I went home and I was like, let me look at Ron Paul. Yeah, and yeah, see yeah. what Ron Paul's talking about. And like, listen, you know, for the, for the people who, who don't know about Ron Paul or haven't haven't uh, actually heard from the guy, you see him talking. He's a very you know small guy, very you, kind of kind of boring. Which is why I believe he didn't win, and he should have won. Honestly, he would. I think he would have been the greatest president ever. Um, he would have done nothing. He would have he would have pulled powers back. Yeah, doctor, no, exactly. You know, he would have like, I'm not listening to that. I'm not doing that. We got to we got to bring in the Federal Reserve. He's talking about the gold standard. And I'm like, no war. Yeah. And I'm like, and then I thought about it. I'm like, listen, at this point, I already figured out the whole OPEC system and the petrol dollar and, and why we're going to war to get the oil to keep us going and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, this guy definitely knows what he's talking about. It's like bringing the gold back. If you really think about it, every single conflict we've got going on in the United States stems from this fractional reserve banking system. The only reason why we're doing corrupt stuff is to pay all these taxes, to pay off this Fed on the debt that will never pay off, you know? And um, it, it really it really changed my perspective on a, lot of, on a lot of things, but obviously I lost a lot of friends, a lot of friends. And I was a very, very popular guy growing up, you know? Um, a lot of my opinions towards Obama, I would, I would be very outspoken about this guy. This guy's not for us. He's not for America. And um, yeah, I just, uh, I just kind of sat in the sidelines for a while. Did you vote for Trump the first time? Three million and twenty-two percent. I voted for Donald <laughs> Trump. Oh <laughs> right yeah. On. But you know something funny though that I will tell, and this surprises a lot of people. My entire life growing up, I hated Donald Trump. 
Really? I hated the guy. Because I mean, Patterson's, you're, is that New York Metro, basically? Essentially, eh, essentially. I mean, Patterson's about 35 minutes out from, right. um, from New York City. But I hated Trump. My father, when he came to this country, man, like, my father was so gung-ho American. Like, I understand my language. I just can't speak it, right? He, he, he was so adamant. Like, no, you have to speak American. You're American. We came here to be Americans. That's that, right? My father loved Donald Trump. He thought he was wow. like, you know, to be an American and like, you know, build the tower and do this. And my father would start all these businesses and do these things to try and, uh, and you know, benefit his life or whatever. Right. And I was like, how do you like this guy? I'm like, he's a he's he's just he's just pompous. He's got his ego through the roof. He's like, yeah. you know, he's dating this girl that he's dating another woman. And he's wife, like, you know what I mean? I'm like, all these guy. kids. And he's like, nah, that's the American dream. That guy, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, no, it, it wasn't until um, late 2015. A little bit before he announced that he was running for president, that they were doing this town hall thing. And I can't find the video anymore for the life of me. If you can, that'll be fantastic. But I believe it was MSNBC. It was like a little town hall thing. And they were asking him questions about um, just his, his stance on a lot of different things. And they asked him about the war in Iraq. And he was like, you know, the war in Iraq was a mistake. We should have never went into war with Iraq. Um, if anybody really did their research, they'd find out it was the Saudis. Okay. It was the Saudis. <laughs> Said it straight like that. I was like, oh my God, he's talking about Saudi Arabia. Like, I, I never, other than Ron Paul, I never saw another politician straight up call out Saudi Arabia for doing 9-11 because those hijackers were Saudi Arabian. They weren't Iraqi. They weren't Af- a good Afghan A good amount either. of them. Right. And I, and I guess there was uh, some, some news. I don't know. You'll, you'll have to factor this one mm-hmm. where they, uh, they allowed the families to sue Saudi Arabia or there was something going on. With I that. heard about that. I'm not, I'm not too clear on that as well, too. Yeah, yeah. But the, the point that I'm making is like we know that about at least 11 of those hijackers were Saudi Arabian. So I was like, OK, that's that's interesting. He's actually bringing that up. And then I asked him, you know, what's one of the biggest economic problems that are facing the United States? And he said it's the fractional reserve banking system. It's the, it's the federal Trump reserve. said that. Yes. Wow. You, ca- you cannot find this clip anymore. He said this. I was sitting down. I was watching it with my boy Gord. We're watching it in the room. And I'm like, yo, this guy's talking about the Federal Reserve. The only other person I heard talking about this was Ron Paul. So then I said, OK. There may be something to this Trump guy. You know? I know he's, he's been talking about China forever. Yeah. Bringing, and, and trade yeah. And, and, and bring everything back. So, so this is an intro. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, I, you're, I went you're, on you're, a tangent. <laughs> no, it was good, though. It was an awesome story. I mean, dude, you, 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 you defied orders you thought were illegal or, or, or what? what it, I, it, it's, it's not even a matter of them being legal or illegal because if the president says it, it's legal, even if it's wrong. Slavery yeah. was legal at one exactly. point, right? It was more of a moral thing. You know, um, I didn't feel that it, it, it made sense for us to go out and, and do these these uh, atrocities. On top of that, what made me more upset than the fact that we were doing this was the fact that on CNN and AFN, they're saying that, oh, the humanitarian no fly zone was a success. And then you look at all the other news coverage and in England, right. you, can get, you get access to all kinds of news. Fake news. They're talking about the complete opposite. The complete opposite of what's really going on. And I said, they're definitely lying to me. And I, I, I always kind of held this facade that it's like, you know, we're fighting for freedom. We're doing the right thing. And I was like, this, is, this ain't it. So now you are running in a D plus 16. It's like very Democrat district. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's the ninth district in mm-hmm. North Jersey. Patterson, that city that is, that's that's where the voter fraud is. That's yeah. the big story. That's, that's, that's where you're at. Yeah. So anyway... There's your intro. Uh, if you guys haven't already, smash the like button. We're going to be talking about a lot of this. I do want to. I do want to jump over and talk about what's going on with the National Guard in Kenosha. Now that we got everybody here. Okay, cool. And, and your opinions on all this stuff with the riots and everything like that. So for everybody that's just tuning in, you can uh, subscribe. We do the show Monday through Friday live. Hit the like button, like I just said, and uh, got a bunch of stories. But that's Billy Prempe. I am the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I got. I got to say, like normally we just do a couple minutes for the intro, but your story telling talking about the war, Libya. That's that's rad, bro. I'm 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 impressed that you were you you were willing to say no 
to something you thought was wrong. Believe me, I got in a lot of trouble for it. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> but, no. uh, and and that's 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 honorable, bro. Because I see these cops. You know, they the the governor say I'm going to issue an edict in violation of the Constitution, and so many of these cops are just like, okay. And just go out and do it. Yep. Nah, you, you, I, I like the I like the guys, the, the sheriffs and, and everything in Virginia who are like, we're not going to enforce these laws. I like the cops who say, if the Constitution says no, you don't do it. Right. Which brings me now to what's going on in Kenosha. So I'll just quickly go over this, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the news here. Washington Post reports, after video shows Wisconsin police shooting a black man multiple times, National Guard called into Kenosha. I'm sure most of you have heard the story already. It's about a man named Jacob Blake. He rounds the front of a silver SUV on Sunday with two Kenosha, Wisconsin police officers following close behind their guns drawn. When Blake opens the door and steps inside, the officers suddenly fire into his back at least seven times. He's currently in serious condition. The officers have been placed on administrative leave and the city of Kenosha declared, an, declared emergency curfews after protests rocked the city into early Monday morning. Another curfew was set for Monday night while the governor announced he had called in the National Guard. So the video goes viral. I think calling in the National Guard was the right thing to do. I agree. Especially after the George Floyd riots got as crazy as they did. Yeah. But a lot of people right now, it's, it's, it's really coming down on partisan lines. Mm-hmm. On the left, they're like, how could the police shoot a guy seven times in the back? On the right, they're saying he was clearly resisting officers' orders. He reached into a vehicle. The cops are justified. So I'll, I'll just jump to it. What's, you know, you're, you're, you're a Republican. You're in a very blue district. And I'm, and, but you've also grown up, and it's the you grew up in the fourth ward, which yeah. is I, you, I'll let you describe it because the fourth ward is good fun. Bring your bring your family and kids. <laughs> no, it's a I, great place to be. I think, <laughs> but um, no, fourth ward is a uh, it's 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 not. Put it like this: it's it's always been a pretty dangerous place. As a child growing up, um, even though it was dangerous, we didn't have the amount of shootings that we have today. Now it's like literally, if you have the Newsbreak app on your phone, literally every other day, sometimes every single day, someone's getting shot. So here, here's here's what I'm thinking, you know I'm I'm really clear uh, curious as to your opinion on on defunding the police, you know specifically on what these cops did with this guy, so so apparently there's a man of the same name who lived on that block because I'm because we don't know if exactly it's him I'm assuming it is, but he's got uh, he had an open warrant for third degree felony sexual assault. Mm. He, there's there's also a news circulating that at one point he had an, he he was arrested for illegally having a concealed firearm or something to that effect. I'm wondering if the cops took that information when they were going in and said, hey, there's this guy, or whether they knew or they didn't. But I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this situation and defunding the police, considering you, 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 know, you live in an area which is 35 minutes outside of New York, you're running as a Republican, and you're in an area that's, I guess, not too great. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think, man? So, so to touch on, to touch on uh, the situation that happened in Minneapolis, um, when I saw the video at first, the first thing I said is, listen, we don't, we don't have all the facts. And even what you're telling me right now, that this guy could have possibly you know, had warrants existing or whatever. I don't know that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to completely double down and say that this guy was in the wrong or whatever. What I will say is this, the shooting seven times is absolutely unnecessary. I think that was a little bit excessive. Now, another thing I will say though, is regardless of what stance you are in in a situation where anybody, not just a police officer has a gun aimed at you, you don't turn your back on somebody with a gun aimed at you. Um, and from the way that it looked in the video, he was trying to get in a car. Some people say he was getting in a car. Some people say he was reaching for something. The, the only thing that I'm focused on is when you got to the car, your hands are not, they're not visible, right? You're opening into a vehicle that they don't know what's inside that vehicle. Right. Now, maybe these police officers weren't trained effectively. I don't know what the situation was, but you shot this guy up, right? 
Maybe he had a gun, maybe he didn't have a gun, right? We, we don't have the facts on that. The problem that I have, though, is when people emotionally jump to something and start burning down the city, like, we have, right. like, like we've got going on right now. I firmly believe that the only way to fix this problem is to reform the police. Now, you see what happened in New York. They cut back, uh, I believe it was $1.7 billion from the budget. Cut about $1.7 billion off of the budget. They, they closed off the, uh, the crime task force in New York, and crime shot up almost 200-plus percent. Now, a lot of people are leaving New York. People are even leaving and, and moving into my city of all, I don't know why, but you're moving into my city of all places. Um, and they're bringing in a lot of that violence as well, too. A lot of the people believe that we got to get rid of the police. And Patterson, for example, about two days ago, and I, like I told you, I got the video up on my website where I went up and I spoke with some of these Black Lives Matter protesters, kind of just, you know, pick their brain, see what's on their mind because they painted this mural in the middle of the street. And when I started speaking with them, a lot of them had the mentality of, well, we need to, done, we need to defund the police and get rid of the police. And I said, okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate here. If we defund the police, then what? What's the solution? Because New York isn't defunded. They just cut the budget. And you already see the ramifications of that. If you're talking about a complete, total defunding of these police, what's the solution? What do you replace it with, right? Are we going to rebuild a community task force? That's going to take some time, and we ain't got time. Right. So the only solution that I see in place is there has to be a way to clean up the police from within. Right. When George Floyd passed away, it was this was the time when I announced what I what I created. It's called the Jaro Bill stands for Justice, Accountability and Reporting Officers Bill. Right. And this is an idea that I had shortly after the time that Eric Gardner got killed. But I had no aspirations for running for Congress or anything at that point. I just figured now would be a great time to, to talk about it. And what I feel is when something happens in a in an internal investigation right and in this case uh i, I brought up to these these uh these young individuals with black lives matter i brought up a, a case that happened to a guy named jameek lowry in patterson new jersey now this gentleman he um he walked into a police department he was on a live stream some people say he was on drugs some people say he wasn't that's besides the point but he gets on the camera and um, he starts talking about how he's he's afraid someone's after him and they're gonna kill him or whatever Long story short, he leaves in an ambulance. The following day, his face is swollen shut and he's dead. There's still no proper answer to what happened. The Patterson Police Department, they did an investigation to try and see what happened. Internal investigation said no wrongdoing. We did nothing wrong. We investigated ourselves and found we did nothing wrong. Exactly my point. Yeah. So, so, you, so you, raise, you, you raise the biggest issue in this problem, right? Because when this happened, I told him, I said, if, I asked him, he's like, do you really believe that, that the Patterson administration or even the administration of the state of New Jersey cares about uh, black lives. And they say, no, nah, I, don't, I don't believe they do. And I say, well, they didn't give us any justice or any solid answers for what happened to, to Jameek Lowry, yet they're allowing you to paint a massive Black Lives Matter <laughs> logo in the middle of the street. Dude. This is a virtue signal. Yeah. This is not action. This is not progress. You know, it's a symbol in the sense that, like, hey, you know, they're listening to us, but they're listening to you to paint in the street. They're not answering the actual questions. Bread and circuses. That's exactly what it is. Throwing out bread, the crowd cheers. And that's it. They forget about it. Yeah. You know? So then I said, listen. What needs to be done to, to fix the situation is we have to find out, I mean, we need to create an organization that can police the police. Because if the police are policing us, who polices them, right? Who watches the watchmen? So the way that I feel that something like this would get resolved is there needs to be a new elected class. We have freeholders, well, something else now, because Governor Murphy said it's whatever he's going to call it. You know, freeholder, mayor, councilman, all this stuff. There needs to be something else called, in, in this case, I'd call like the community justice officer, right? Mm -hmm. This is the person who... Say a situation like Jameek Lowry happens, right? They go to this person, hey, listen, we need you to help us investigate the situation. We can't really count on the police to give us a thorough investigation. Now, there's two things that are wrong with that problem is what if that person gets corrupted, 
by the right. local police departments, right? Okay, cool. So that brings two parts. Or what if the police aren't cooperating with this person, right? The next phase is the federal government, the Department of Justice, I believe, needs to create a national police department. Right? Interesting. Because we've already got the, F- the FBI. The FBI gets involved in some of these cases only when it's very high profile. You right. know, massive drug deals or, or, uh, or, or the George Floyd situation where it's a nationwide kind of thing. That's the only time they get involved. So I believe that the Department of Justice needs to create these, uh, this national police force. Their job solely is to investigate the police officers. Right? Have the same, the same ability to get into their information, check out the evidence just like the FBI can. Right? Now, they can also prosecute these police officers if they find something wrong. The reason why I believe this has to come from a federal level is because, one, they have no allegiance to the state police. They have no allegiance to the municipal police as well, too, right? Their job is solely to get to the bottom of the problem and prosecute. Now, with, uh, with a situation like this, the next question someone asks is like, well, what if the FBI, I mean, what if the Department of Justice gets corrupted, right? Let's say there's a, a guy in New Jersey who's working there. I wouldn't want that. I would want an officer from Montana to go and investigate what's going on in New Jersey or something like something to that effect. Second phase of that is um, I also believe that police officers need to go through more routine training. They typically go through six months of uh, six months in in, uh, in police academy. Every now and then they you know brush up on their firearm skills, brush up on CPR, and that's about it. But if you're a doctor, dentist, or any one of these these really high profile jobs, you have to renew your license periodically. Being a police officer is a very complicated position right you gotta you gotta do all kinds of stuff deal with mental health deal with you know de-escalation all kinds of things like that so i believe that at least twice a year once or twice a year these police officers would have to go through this training all over again and i believe there should be an incentive for it as well too right if you go to a class that teaches you how to disarm a gun or whatever the case may be right i believe that police officers should be compensated for that they should be they should be given um preferential treatment for doing these kinds of things the reason why i say this is because if these justice officers come and they do an investigation. They can go down the list. Okay, Officer Brown did this, 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 and this. Well, then why did you mess up? Right. How, how did you mess up? The next problem we've got going on here is the unions. It's very difficult to get rid of the unions. And I have no intention of getting rid of the unions. They're there for a very specific reason, and I understand that. The problem I have with the unions is they're going to protect the police to make sure that they look as good as possible so that they can continue to get the funding so that the police can continue to pay the unions and keep their existence together, right? And for these reasons, there's some good officers, and I've spoken with lots of them and told them the same idea. They, they agree with me. You know, there's lots of very good officers that want to do the right thing, but it's very difficult to do the right thing when the union controls what's going on. You try and go against the grain, and they can make your life very, very difficult, you know? Um, so... If they're not going to rat or snitch on each other or, or throw each other under the bus, my solution is this. As a police officer, if your job is to uphold the law, you should be held to a higher standard. If you do something as wrong as stealing two pennies from somebody and we find out you're doing 15 years. 15? 15 years. Like, like, is the cop, you say? Or? Yes, the cop. The reason why I say this is because how, how can you enforce the law? And you're not able, you're not willing to accept the full punishment for you violating the law you're supposed to uphold in the first place, right? But you're, you're, are you being, are you exaggerating the 15 years? Like you're, you're just saying like you commit a crime, you do the time. Correct, essentially. And right. now it's like we don't. Now, of course, we have to work out the legalities here of, of whether this will make sense or not. But the point that I'm making is like if we find out that you've done something wrong, you have to face the penalties for it. Absolutely, you have to. You can't because like it's it's too often where you know a police officer does something ridiculous and they kind of just walk off with like a slap on the wrist administrative leave or whatever the case may be and we shouldn't have situations like that i got a guy off in uh uh, i shouldn't say i shouldn't say it that way i got a guy uh found innocent get that one clipped everybody (laughs) he was uh uh, filming on the sidewalk cop came up and arrested him lied on the arrest report that the dude was obstructing a uh, a street right 
and I had footage of it, so my footage got the guy uh, proven not guilty. Mm. Put it that way, everybody. But uh, uh, the officer, nothing ever happened. You see? So this lady got to lie under oath to get someone arrested, and we had video evidence that she lied. Nothing happened. Of course. That's, that's too much for me. Exactly. And, and it's like situations like that happen all the time, and that's just a, that's just a small situation, right? So now if something like that happens, now let's say they're investigating Officer Brown. The chief knows, the union knows, everybody knows that this guy messed up, right? He didn't follow his training. He did whatever the case may be. You try and protect that guy. Now you're obstructing their investigation. You go down with him as well. It, it, it's tough, though. Like, you, you look at what happened in Kenosha, and w- w- when you look at it without any context, you can, I can frame the story of Kenosha this one way. A guy was walking to his car after breaking up a fight. The police officers then decided to stop him because he was refusing their orders and fired seven times in the back. It was excessive. Man, this guy, this is what the left is saying. He was just trying to break up a fight. He was doing the right thing. His kids were there. That's one way to frame it. I could frame it another way. A wanted rapist was trying to flee from the police and reached into his vehicle. It's a very different, you know, very different way of, of looking at it. Right. Of course, the left, because it empowers their, their ideology and, the, and their narrative, will go with the, you know, oh, no, this poor man. And, you know, there are many conservatives who are saying, well, he reached in the van. It was justifiable. I think the truth is a little closer to the middle. Right. Shouldn't, look, the cops are you know, trying to stop you. He was trying to flee. But you, you look at this and you have to you wonder about whether cop, the cops here should face, you know, some kind of penalty. If they entered this and they were told as they're driving in, we have a man who has an open warrant for felony sexual assault possibly armed past conviction for illegal concealed weapon be advised and then the cops pull up thinking like this guy is not only a violent abuser of women but he could have a gun and he's ignoring us and he reaches in the vehicle did those cops do anything wrong if that's how they were you know told to go in it's you know when i see uh stories like this and 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 many other stories it sounds like the real issue like brianna taylor for instance Mm -hmm. the issue is the system Right. The system has has flaws, I agree. and we need to set it up in a way to maximize, our, like the, the the protection of individuals, everybody, minimize the loss of life. I was, I, you, you, I'm sure you read about the Brandon Taylor stuff. Yes, yes. I was reading about it, and it, it's it's really difficult. They're saying arrest the officers, and I'm like, I don't like the idea of plain clothes, no knock raids. Right. But it seems like that was the problem. I, they, I agree. They I were agree. told to go do this, and they're like, okay. And that's why I was like, dude, it was awesome that you were like, I'm not going to do something I think is wrong. These right. cops should be like, yeah, I'm not kicking someone's door in in plain clothes, you know? So, for example, a situation like that makes perfect example. It makes perfect sense. Let's say a police officer says, hey, I'm not going to do something. I feel it's illegal or whatever, right? This police officer should have the ability to go and speak to these officers in the Department of Justice. Listen, they're trying to tell me to do something illegal. Regardless of what the union tries to say or do, it's like when the investigation really comes down to it and they can find out that these police officers were giving you an unlawful order, then you're clear because even what's going to happen here in Kenosha, they're going to do an investigation. Like you said, there's some people on the right that are like, well, you know, he reached into his car, et cetera, et cetera. People on the left say, hey, whatever, whatever. Right. No matter what answer, no matter what answer that the, the police department puts out, no one's going to care. You know, people are going to try and burn down the city and do whatever the hell they want, primarily because it's like, oh, well, the, the police killed him. They allowed it to happen. And now they're saying it's all good. They're going to burn the city down. Right. Right. So. This is the reason why I believe there needs to be a third party, a third party that's completely unbiased, that has nothing to do and has no allegiance and could care less whether you're in the right or wrong. They just need to get to the bottom of it. Right. I believe that's the only that's that's the only logical solution to this, because 
um, until we can come up with something, or if there ever will be, and I highly doubt there will be, um, a solution where it's a community-based police force, where it's just as organized as the police forces we have today, um, this is what we have. And with the situ when we have a system like this in place, the police are left with three options. If there's a scumbag police officer on, on the force, you got three options. You either stop what you're doing to do the right thing, you quit, or eventually you get caught. And when you get caught, you're going to prison. Mm-hmm. Those are only three options. This isn't going to hurt the unions at the end of the day. You want to protect your guys. I get that. It's in your best interest to have the best police officers on the force, period. Right? So if this is a, if you, and I get you guys want to protect them, but the, the more you have better police officers on your force that are better trained, that are routinely getting trained, there's no excuses for them to go out there and do nonsense like this. Everything you're saying is the opposite of defund the police. Well, yeah, of course, because it's like defunding, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's, right. it's not going to work. More training. More, more resources. So, of course, it's going gonna, it's gonna to require, because I'm, I'm a big advocate of increasing the funding for police. People say, whoa, increase, well, how, how do you expect them to get this training? Trump's saying the same thing. Right. How do, you expect, <laughs> how do you expect to hold them accountable? You know? Because, like, when you start wearing thin their resources, like, I had a conversation with my friend the other night, and he was saying, like, you know, if something like this happened in Patterson, man, like, what would happen? What, 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 if there was a riot, what are we going to do? And I'm like, in all honesty, man, Patterson, I believe they have about two or three of these armored vehicles, right, for these these raids for you know drug dealers whatever the case may be they probably got about three or four of them they don't have the power to do a massive um full-scale operation just go and crack down on everybody overnight this is just my opinion what i believe and if, even if something like that were to happen they'd be they'd be stretched really thin for resources if a riot ever took place in patterson they'd have to call in the national guard yeah right they'd have to so what, what a lot what, I, what a lot of people need to understand is like the police they're humans just like us you know they don't have they, they're, they're not as powerful as we really think they are. And the more we try and chip at them and try and decrease their funds and try and make life difficult for them, you're making life difficult for everybody across the board. I hear you. Yeah. So it's really interesting. You mentioned, uh, well, the reason I brought up the increasing the funding, because Trump just came out with his second term agenda of which is, in, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it's an item for like increasing resources for police, increasing the penalties. Correct. And you're saying something similar. And I noticed because you've you've had your agenda out for your uh, on your website for a long time. For now. a while. Like, since you're, about you're, it's about March. And it lines up a lot of it with a lot of what Trump just put out. Which I'm very happy. It's, it's kind of crazy. You know, it feels to me like it almost feels like somebody's listening to me. Because I, I remember very early on with the COVID stuff, I was like, I'm, I'm for student debt forgiveness okay. in a certain way. I don't think you can just snap your fingers like Warren wants and give everybody 50 grand. That's the most ridiculous Doesn't thing. Doesn't work, heard. yeah. But I was like, what if we freeze interest rates for, for student loan debt so that they got to pay back all of the money they got? but they're not going to be trapped underwater forever. I agree. So I think that makes perfect sense. Well, Trump froze federal interest rates on student loans for right. COVID measures, and I was like, this guy. I was like, <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying. And then uh, a lot of the things that, uh, uh, that come out in, 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 his, you know, in his second-term agenda, like increasing funding for police to like, better train and equip, and I'm like, yeah, like, that's actually one of the solutions I've proposed. And so some people are saying that Trump's new, uh, his, his second-term agenda is like a landslide-worthy agenda. There's a lot of things. So I actually, I actually have it. I want to pull it yeah, up. pull it up, please. And then I want to compare it to yours, actually. And then, <laughs> so, so you're, you're, you're NJ9, North Jersey, mm-hmm. and you're, you're in Patterson. Yeah. And I also want to tie it into the fact that you are in the mail fraud city. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for, those, for those that don't know, they canceled your entire election. Uh, the, yeah, the, 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 the uh, council <laughs> elections. The council elections, yeah. yeah. Now you got to do it all over. Yeah, that's dirty, man. Yeah, it's really dirty. And, and and you know, still because it's still vote by mail, I still think that there's going to be fraud. And here's a funny thing: Alex Mendez, who was running in the third ward, 
you can't go anywhere in Patterson without seeing that guy's face. Like, he's everywhere. He's like Pascal. He's all over the place. And, you know, the Hispanic community really supported the guy. I don't. I could care less for the guy, but I was like, okay, if the community wants the guy, they want the guy. Right? I'm not going to go against what the people want. In my opinion, he would have won without the fraud. Do you think he did commit fraud? Because he, he said not guilty, right? I believe he – Me. this is just my personal opinion, and I could be wrong. I believe he committed the fraud. Wow. Oh, yeah. I believe he committed the fraud. And he's a Democrat, or is he – Yeah. He is a Democrat? He's, he's a Democrat, yeah. They're all Democrats that are running. Because I was looking up the information on it, and it just like a lot of a lot of the sites didn't list their party affiliation, and I figured maybe city council they don't. Yeah, it's not it's 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 not partisan with uh with council races. Just like you run, you're just a person in the city. They but really they are like they vote Democrat. They, they, are, they do vote Democrat though. Right yes, on. yes. We'll we'll talk about this. I want to I want to take a quick look at Trump's uh his his agenda list. So we've got create 10 million jobs, a million small new small businesses, cut taxes to boost take home pay. Enact fair trade deals to protect American jobs, made in America tax credits, expand opportunity zones, continue deregulatory agenda for energy independence. You know, I don't, I don't think I, I don't want to go through all of this. It'll be a bit tedious. So let's actually look at yours. So, <laughs> so this, is, this is Billy Prempe's list, and you've got immigration reform, you've, pro-life, I think it's fair to say, protecting rights of the unborn. Yes, sir. Secure the border, rebuild our infrastructure in inner cities, fight against human trafficking, Second Amendment rights, jobs, taxes, regulation, school choice. Decriminalize use of marijuana. Term limits for Congress. Support homeless veterans. That term limits one. All day. So pick one. Tell, tell, me, tell me about, because there, there's an overlap here, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, like, like I said earlier, I thought it was interesting because you've had your, your positions listed for a long time. I wonder what it is that has kind of created the space where you've got a bunch of ideas. You live in a city. And did Donald Trump see that? Does he recognize you know, you and other people like you who are supporting him saying these are the issues that matter most? Possibly. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure Donald Trump knows who I am to some extent. He already retweeted me on his Twitter, Instagram, and all kinds of stuff. Some viral video I did at his, uh, at his Trump rally. But I, I just think that these are, these are common sense things. These are things that we just need to deal with. And um, un- until we actually address them and fix them, there's, there's, nothing, there, there, there's nothing we could really do to um, move our country forward. So, like term limits, for example, one of the main reasons why I believe in term term limits is Bill Pascrell. <laughs> Bill Pascrell is one of the main reasons why I believe in the term limits. That makes sense. Because, you know, as a child, people would always make these jokes, right? As a as a kid, people would call me, you know, little Pascrell, right? Bill Prempa, Bill Pascrell, right? They so would call kind of, you little. They'd call me little Pascrell, or hey Pascrell, yo Pascrell, <laughs> you know, like it was just because people couldn't pronounce Prempa, right? So I just called yeah. <laughs> everyone saw Pascrell. Nobody, nobody seen Bill Pascrell's face growing up. You know, I was I was probably like maybe nineteen when I finally seen what Pascrell looked so, like. So, it, for, for those that don't know, because I don't know this guy, is he's the uh, he's the incumbent. So uh, yeah. he's uh, how, how how many terms? Uh, he's been there twenty three years. Twenty three oh years. Look at this. Twenty three years in Congress. Ballot P lists his net worth as two point nine million. It's higher than that. Higher than that. Way higher than that. It's like it's like five point seven million. How do you? And that's based on 2018's numbers. So I looked up yours. They don't. They don't put your net worth. No, because I'm, I'm a regular, regular guy. You're a regular guy, yeah. not a millionaire, not at all. <laughs> Running for office. <laughs> I wish. So yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Term limits. Let's. 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 I, I like this. I like where you're going. Term limits. So term limits. The reason why I say uh, is, is Bill Pascrell. He's been here 23 years. 23 years. He's been in Congress. Now, just to give you a little bit of backstory. Prior to running for Congress, he was mayor of Patterson, right? Really? Yeah. So literally my entire existence, Pascrell has been in control of Patterson. So he was mayor of Patterson uh, from the, I believe it was 1990 until 1997. From 1997 until 2013, he was in charge of the 8th Congressional District. I believe he was going to lose that race. They redistricted, did the gerrymandering, controlled Patterson and Passaic, which were highly Democrat areas. And now he's in control of the 9th District from 2013 up until now. 
My entire life, I haven't seen a single thing that Bill Pascrell has done positive for the city. The only thing that I can really say that he's done is he's renovated the, uh, the Great Falls area and made it into a national park. It's very beautiful. We did a rally there last night, by cool. the way. You know, um, that's probably the one thing. That and he built a, a police, de- a fire department in, in the city that he just egotistically named after himself. Um, wow. Is that about it? That's about it, bro. <laughs> I, and I swear down. Hey, you go I'm, to, from, I'm from Chicago, man. It sounds about every politician I've known from exactly. Chicago. Exactly. Like you go, you go on his website, right? And the only you, you, I, I tell people every time I talk to people, I say, listen, go to his website, go to his congressional website, look up some of his policies, the things that he signed. What does he sign that's actually significant for the people of Patterson? What has he done that's actually going to benefit us? Because I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. He's talking about, oh, these are all the things that I want to do, and it's all fluff. It's all just, 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 uh, whoa, 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 just rhetoric. He wants Trump's tax returns. Oh yeah, I just, that, that's that's I just... a that's a policy that's going to benefit <laughs> the people in the hood. The people in the hood, I can assure you, they don't care about Trump's tax returns. They're like, yo, my cousin got shot. One of my cousins got shot. Damn. About man. about four or five years ago, you know, he got killed. My cousin Nelly, in our city, you know, no word on that. Fourth of July, I believe it was. Fourth of July, we had, we had about 30 shootings in the city of Patterson. 12 people got killed. Just on Fourth of July, just, just, that just passed. Holy Said God. nothing at all about it. Had nothing to say about what happened in Patterson. Had nothing to say about the voter fraud. Donald Trump starts talking about the voter fraud in Patterson, New Jersey. He responds to him on Twitter and on Facebook saying, Hey, you worry about the COVID crisis. Stop worrying about what's going on in Patterson. You let us handle our job. You handle our job. And everybody on his social media is like, Pascal. What are you doing about it? You're not saying anything about it. You're talking about Bill. I mean, you're talking about Trump over here. You're not doing anything about it. You know, he just sits there and he, he's been there 23 years, kind of just waffling and fluffing. The only time you and I wouldn't even say you see him. The only time you hear about him is around election time. You'll see his stickers, his bumper stickers on on literally everything. It's like Pascal mania, you know, signs all over the place. And that's it. Or he'll show up for a photo op at the Great Falls or shake the hand of some person. And then he just poofs like a ninja. That's politics, man. Yeah, that's that, that, that's what makes it so challenging is it's, it's a popularity contest. He exactly. Just, he, it's look, you know, you want support. You make someone feel good. You can make them feel good in a bunch of different ways. You show up and shake their hand, put it with a smile on your face, hand them a hundred dollar bill. They'll feel real good. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying buy their votes. I'm saying <laughs> there's a lot of ways to make someone smile and think, you know, positively about you. And then they vote for you, mm-hmm. whether or not you're actually going to do anything to help them or not. So we end up with all these politicians. This is what I'm tired of. I've never I've never cared for Republicans. I've never, I've never cared for Democrats. I, I, that's why I didn't, I didn't vote in 2016. I didn't vote in 2012 because I'm just like the whole thing is, is busted. I, what's the point? You know, I'm, I'm going to throw my hat into a sea of hats and then they're going to do whatever they want anyway. Now things are different. I mean, especially with the riots and all that. But outside, so, so I've straight up said earlier today, I'm voting for Trump. And it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's a, lot, a lot to do with the weird social justice far left it's like this weird racist thing that's been encroaching in all of in the Democratic Party and stuff like that. But the, the, the reason I bring this up is that Trump's not a Republican like the rest of these guys. Right. I, I look at most of these Republicans the same way I look at the Democrats. They've been sitting there forever twiddling their thumbs. Now a bunch of the Republicans are, are retiring, I guess, because they don't like Trump. They don't like the party. And they're th- actually a whole bunch of them now are signing a, a, a pledge to support Biden. And I, uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, because they're all the establishment crony. It's all the establishment crony BS. So I love term limits. Some people ha- have argued against it, saying, what about Ron Paul? You know, how many, how many terms did he serve? It was like 11 or something, right? A lot. He served, served, a, lot of, served yeah. a lot of those. There, there, are, there are a handful of politicians who actually are good, and you'd lose them too. Right. My opinion, I don't know, if it gets rid of, you know, Schumer, Pelosi, McConnell, whatever. I don't care for the Republicans. Lindsey Graham can get out of there. 
That's the way I see it too. I mean, like, in, in order for term limits to, to completely fully work as well too, is it's also going to require a cultural shift. You know, um, a lot of people have like a set it and forget it kind of approach towards politics. We elected that guy and then forget about it. Hopefully, something happens and fingers crossed, right? Um, with term limits, you have to be a little bit more proactive, right? This guy's only got eight years. Well, and in, in my in, in my term limit plan is like no politician should be able to do more than eight years throughout their lifetime. It doesn't have to be consecutive. Any so, office, any office, any. So well, like no, it, no. So I'm saying like if you're if you're running for Congress, right, you can't do more than eight years in your lifetime. And then you'll run for Senate. And if you wanted to, well, right, that, yeah. that, that's on you. You know what I mean? If you choose to do that. But it's not it's not common that they do do that. But if you're running for Congress, you do. Let's say you do two two years now. You stop eight years later. You do another two years or whatever. I think that's fine. But you can't do it consecutively. Because I believe that the longer that, 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 that congressmen sit in position and they stick around in government, now they're hanging out with lobbyists, now they're hanging out with special interest groups, and now they're starting to fandangle and do all this stuff. They neglect their districts and they sit around and they act entitled, like Bill Pascrell. You go anywhere and you see this guy in the restaurants or in, in Patsy's and Patterson or any of these places, he sits down like he's a mafioso. You try and come up to him, you try and talk to him, he acts like he doesn't know anybody, he doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't, you know, me, I've got my phone number on my website. I'll talk to literally anybody who calls me on the phone. I've got some... Some wacky, wacky phone calls. One day, a funny story, just put it aside. One day, some guy calls me from Alabama, right? He's like, he's like is this Billy Brand Bay? I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, I like you, man. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, cool, who's this? And he was like, you know, I was looking at He doesn't even answer my question. You know, I like your policies. I like what you stand for. I didn't believe you when you say you're from Patterson and you stand for all these things. I support you, brother. <laughs> I'm going to donate to your campaign. He sent me 500 bucks. I don't even know this guy. Wow. You know? But, um... Uh, you know, I leave my I leave my phone number cool. up there. I, I'm open to anybody because I believe if you're gonna if you're running for Congress, you need to be accessible. Absolutely. You contact any of Bill Pascrell's four offices, or you send emails to the guy. You're gonna get an automated response, or someone's gonna pick up the phone and say, "Oh, we'll set up an appointment. We'll set up a meeting." And they'll kind of just duck and dodge and, and never actually get the question answered. Well, I'll, I'll tell you my opinion. Look, I I pulled up his website, and I feel like to be fair, he's got an extensive list of uh, of you know right. But issues. read them; they're pork. It's pork. Oh, it's boy, pork. Yeah. Read them. I'm interested in the equality. So just inequality. Uh, why, why, don't, why don't you give me your thoughts on it? Just, you know. All right. So justice and equality. All right. I ask a lot of people. I say, I say, I say, go to his website. There's a, a little advertisement. I guess it's not here anymore because I used to, I was really cracking on this guy. He had this video where he was talking. It was like a, a like a, a re-election video. It says, you know, Bill Pascrell, he's a fierce opponent of Donald Trump. Bill yeah. Pascrell supports the Green New Deal. I personally don't think he understands. Is he really support he supports the Green, the Green New Deal? Oh yeah, wow. but the video's gone. <laughs> the, he took, he uh, if you go to <laughs> maybe if you go to his main his his front page, it's probably still there because it was on the front page. Um, There's one. Scroll down. Meet Bill. He took it down. What a chump! Oh. Hang on. No, it's got to be here. Wait, I want to see. He supports the Green New Deal? Yeah, so he supports. What? Oh, there you go. Boom. Green New Deal encompasses too many, uh, two major aspects of uh, Bill's mission in the Washington environment. Wow. So, yeah. So That's a, insane. Yeah. So he's a proponent. And, and, and me personally, I think he doesn't even understand the Green New Deal. Definitely because not. the only time he started talking about it was when the squad started going out talking about it. It's like, oh, you know what? Let me go and hang out with them. You know, I believe that, that, that he's just saying it's a bandwagon. And then the third thing that he said in the video he was like, you should support Bill Pascrell because... Black Lives Matter. What? And I'm like, Bill, I lived under you for 23 years, bro. Right? I know a lot of black people that died in your district. You did absolutely nothing. I never seen you make a statement. I never, se I never seen you reach out to the police to try and start operations to try and crack down on any of this nonsense. I haven't seen you do any of this stuff. You're talking about Black Lives Matter because it's the cool thing to talk about right now in the Democrat Party. You don't care about this stuff. If you cared, if you cared about Black Lives Matter, he would have even showed up for, for... Actually, no, he did show up. 
He's telling everybody stay inside their house, right? I'm sorry, I'm on a tangent, but like I can't stand this guy. Yeah, I, yeah, I, just have to, I just have to rip him sometimes. This guy is telling us, you know, keep our businesses closed. Nobody should be able to reopen. COVID's gonna kill us all, right? Yet he is marching side by side. You're like no six feet of separation with tons of people, Black Lives Matter guys, walking up Broadway in Patterson, New Jersey. But I, you're t- I, I, I got to stop you right there, Billy. See, I disagree. Um, I think he's right. You think Black he's- Lives Matter. Of course they which, do. Which is why. I would prefer you as an actual black person to represent like that, that issue. I like that answer. No, that, that, <laughs> listen, listen. He wants the virtue signal. Right. I'm going to be like, okay, well, then why wouldn't I support the actual black guy from Patterson? You know what? <laughs> I like that angle. I really like though, that angle. <laughs> what, wouldn't you know better? Well, I, he, he's, 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 a rich, he's a rich white guy. Oh, yeah. If, if he wants to play that game, then I'm, I'm glad to play it with him. That's why I can't stand. They try and do this stupid look, dude. I don't care if you're, I don't care about your race. I don't care about your gender, your religion, whatever. I care about whether or not you're actually doing things. But if you want to pander to me, you want to play this game. Let's play the game. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll walk, I think, I'll, I'll I think walk you're right totally, over. I think you're totally spot on with that, man. I like that. I think I'm gonna have to attack <laughs> him with that. Yeah, but are, are you gonna march around saying Black Lives Matter now? No, 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 no. I, I like. I'd, I'd rather go out and speak with the community and try and get something done. Because, and another thing that really pissed me off is there's another video I've got on my Instagram. I did it with another doctor, Doctor Castillo, and Doctor Castillo is actually the guy who got me into Congress. We'll talk about that later. That who got me, in, who who convinced me to run for Congress. Actually, we'll get to that later. But Doctor Castillo, he's been a Patterson, he's been a Patterson native for for many many years. He's been a, a doctor in Patterson, I should say, for over 30 years. Right, he works in internal medicine, and um, one day at the beginning of the race, he just disappeared for like maybe two three weeks. I didn't hear from him. Didn't know what the heck was going on. And one day he just shows up at the campaign office. And he's like, "Hey, Billy, what's up? How's it going?" He's like, "Oh, I'm doing good." And he's like, "Yo, bro, I almost died." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa what happened?" And he's like, "Oh, I got COVID. I almost died." Wow. And I was like, "Really?" And he was like, "Yo, bro, Trump saved my life." And I'm like, "How? How did he save your life?" And he was like, "Yo, bro, you ain't hear about the hydroxychloroquine? He pre- he self prescribed himself the hydroxychloroquine. He was fine within two days. And then everyone who came into his office that was getting sick." He started prescribing the azithromycin and the hydroxychloroquine. They all were fine. Did he get in trouble for it? I don't know. I, I never asked him that question if he got in trouble for it. But um, what, even, even two of my friends who, who had the sickness and, you know, they, were, they didn't know what the hell to do. I had them speak with him. They ended up uh, taking the hydroxychloroquine. They were totally fine within two this, days. This, this is crazy. This, 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 this whole thing to me is the craziest thing. Now, now, the first thing I absolutely have to say, because this is how they get you, it, uh, so there, there are studies suggesting it's, uh, it's, it's not, for, one, for one thing, absolutely not a cure. Right, that's, right, yeah. right, right. But that's fine. It's, it, yeah, no yeah. one's saying it is. But that's, what, that, that's how they're getting people. Right, right. Like, so you, remember that video that, uh, that, that of the press conference where all those doctors came out? Dr. Emmanuel and them in, yeah, uh, in D.C. Emmanuel, she said cure, right. and that's how they nuked the video. Absolutely. So it's crazy to me. It's like, dude, it, it, was a, it was a slip of the word. Okay, but it's not. Right. However... It does help, according to Harvey Risch, MD, PhD of Yale. Correct. It, it, it does help if uh, tre- uh, pr- prescribed early. Early, can- yep. Yeah. And so, so there's a bunch of studies that have come out saying th- – there are studies saying it's ineffective. Mm-hmm. Some of these studies that actually came out and were big and got carried by the media got retracted. But uh, this is one of those things where you got to be really careful. Right. That's how they, 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 try and they, they, they set up on social media and in the media these, this very circuitous path where you have to say very specific things. Otherwise, they'll just come and try and nuke your channel. Right. See, now, Bill Pascrell did something that, that, that really upset me because, you know, I had friends that were sick, took that hydroxychloroquine and were fine. Same with the doctor. The way that I look at, the way I look at, at this whole COVID situation is if you're listening to what a politician says in regards to sickness, you're, you're looking in the wrong direction, all right? This is a doctor who's been doing this for well over 30 years. 
You know, he's been doing this for over 30 years. He, he self-prescribed himself. Me and him, we made a video together basically going after Bill Pascrell because him and Senator Menendez, they wrote a letter to the FDA stating that, oh, we should retract the uh, the, the, the fast-tracking of the hydroxychloroquine right. because it's not proven. We should wait for a vaccine. And I'm like, well, we haven't even seen if the vaccine is proven. And even if the vaccine is proven, that's months and months away. So you're telling me people should die until then? We don't. We don't have a solution for that, right? And you know, even though it's all anecdotal evidence at this point, it's showing some kind of promise. So what you're, what, what this really demonstrates to me is you, who are not a doctor, are telling people that they shouldn't try anything to to make their lives better, but they should wait because you are the politician. Exactly. You're so, not. You're, you don't. You don't do this. So here's the one thing I just said, everybody. Here's here's the answer to all these you know censorious you know people. Just do it. Talk to your own doctor. Don't don't Correct. take advice from me. Don't take advice from Billy. Correct. Talk to your, your doctor, not your a politician. Doctor. Exactly. Not a politician. Talk to your doctor. And, and I'll say this: it's true for Trump too. Yeah. If Trump says it, okay, ask your doctor. If right. if, if Menendez says no, well, ask your doctor. And this, the big problem I have right now is is is, is what you just explained, where, where it's like Trump comes out and says this is great, then you get a, these doctors that come out and say it's great, and they say no, shut it down. But then you get these politicians coming out and saying, you know, uh, uh, the, the vaccine. That'll be great. It's like, well, we don't know that either. Right. You're not a doctor. So, so why am I going to listen to a politician? I don't care if it's Menendez or Trump. I get it. I hear the debate. I'm going to go talk to a doctor. Exactly. I'm going to go talk to my doctor who knows what's best for me. See, what, what, what scares me about that is if, if, if they're saying hydroxychloroquine is bad and they're putting all their faith in a vaccine, it's like what special interest do they have on the back end here? Because I'm like, what makes you so certain that the vaccine is absolutely going to cure it and we should wait for that? You know, like, and that, well, there, there's already been reports that it's 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 the fast tracking is going to be very very difficult, and of course. Might, it's, it's going to take a really really long time. Of course, the, I'll, I'll tell you this though, I, I'm 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 I, I, honestly less concerned about that. We make vaccines for things all the time, right? Right. So if they make a vaccine for it's like by all means, I'm totally fine with it. I gotta be honest, I'd probably wait a little bit, go get one, depending. The, the bigger issue is that we weren't supposed to be shut down like this anyway. Absolutely. It was supposed to be 15 days to slow the spread, and it turned into we're permanently closed until the vaccine's ready. Yep. So it, it's, it's the bigger problem, in my opinion, is that the economy is being destroyed. It's going to wreak havoc on the poor communities, and we're not allowed to talk about it. Right. Like, we, we, we're, on the, we're on the line right now. We're, we're walking the razor's edge even talking about this stuff. No it's joke. It's true. It's true. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the stream just turned off. I'm serious. I'm serious, though. So I mean, so you, you see what happened with that video. Breitbart just filmed a bunch of people talking about their opinions, and they, they referenced specifically Harvey Risch, MD, PhD from Yale, and they got nuked. They don't, even, they, don't even, they don't even want to hear the facts. And that's that's what really scares me, because it, like for, for the people that are watching, I, t I, I tell them this like, you know, if 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 there's more than one place to get your information. Right. And the Internet is telling you, in fact, perfect example, saw Kamala Harris meme not too long ago. Right. And we were saying like, oh, it, what was it? it was like, oh, the Democrat Party wants you to vote for uh, a half Indian uh, Jamaican uh woman whose whose grandfather was a former slave owner or whatever right yeah. it was something like that right which is which is from what i read so far true the fact check said is like oh uh kamala harris's uh, father i mean kamala harris's grandfather owning slaves is not a dark part of her history exactly did you exactly. see that one yep and i'm like what are you talking I'm like so is it a liar is it true like what are you talking <laughs> about right now that's that's the game dude you know what they what they do is they add an additional bit of context to make it false right yeah. Right. And it's like it's like I tell a lot of people, I'm like, listen, man, whether whether something is true or not. Right. If if the government or social media are going out of their way to try and censor it, then you got to start looking deeper. 
You know, yeah. because if, if, if somebody has to tell you like, oh, no, that's not true. In fact, don't even do your research. We did the fact checking. Just trust us. Like when Cuomo came out, and was like, oh, don't read the WikiLeaks emails. We read it. If you read it, it's illegal. No, exactly. I'm like, I can't. I, now I want to read it. <laughs> now I want to find out. <laughs> this, this is the problem. They complain a lot about the media is just so awful, dude. I, I just rag on. I, I seriously rag on the media probably like 5000 times a day because it's all lies. Obviously, not all of it, but too much of it. Too much of it is fake news. You see the thing where Trump, tweet, uh, Trump tweeted about the DNC removing under God? Yeah. So, so, what did they, so what did Trump say? Trump said, the Democrats removed under God from the pledge. I couldn't believe it when I saw it, something like that. Every fact check comes out saying, mostly false, mostly false. And then it says, what's true? The Democrats did omit under God from two caucus meetings. Wait, what? That's, wait, Sam, what, what, are you, what are we what talking are we about then? And they said, the DNC didn't have a formal policy to remove that's what it said yes and trump didn't say they did right and and so now what happens is twitter runs a trend uh, uh you know saying like politifact and snopes confirm democrats did not remove under god and i'm like they literally i watched the video right i'm like you can this watch is happening in front of my face of right now that's crazy man you know are you familiar with the galman amnesia effect galman no i'm not so it's uh the name is actually fake some dude made it up and thought he could make it sound like official like sciencey yeah by putting gel man like gel dash man is basically you'll you'll read a news story about yourself maybe right so right. you're running for congress and you'll read a story and it'll say you know billy prempe uh was was throwing bananas at people on the street or like you know throwing cheeseburgers in the air and you're gonna be like that that never happened i never did that and you know it's not true and then you turn the page and it's a story saying you know uh bill priskel or whatever his name is was you know juggling billiard balls and you go wow i can't believe he was doing that and so the, 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 func- like the, the function of it is when you read a story in which you're the expert, you're like, oh, I know that's not real. Right. But then you assume the next story is real. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. So, okay. so, so we see Donald Trump says something and it says that, you know, Donald, Donald Trump comes out, says under God was removed. We know that's not true because we saw the video. But then the next day we read, you know, another story from PolitiFact and we assume it's true. Hmm. Yeah. So fake news. Fake and news 101, ladies and gentlemen. Fake news 101. Yep. But it's, it's everything. It's everything that you, you end up seeing. And then you had a, you had a video on Instagram that uh, well, you want to get into the, the Instagram, the, the, Instagram the, the Vice one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you guys can go check that out if you ever want to. Some guy named Bill on Instagram. But um, in the video, Vice News gives me a call and they want to do a story on QAnon because I was at a reopened New Jersey, a reopened New Jersey rally about uh, two or three months ago. I gave a little speech on stage or whatever, and I took a picture with some people who were there. They had a, they were very big supporters. They had a, a Q flag that they put up. Like, oh, yeah, Q, and I, I posed in the picture, right? I take the picture because I'm like, look, we're, we're all on the same page. We all support the president. This is all what it is. I didn't think anything of the Q flag when I put it up. So to this day, I'm getting emails like, hey, you want to tell us a little bit about your support for QAnon? We're doing this story about QAnon. We want to write about it. So I'm, I'm getting into this thing now where whenever the media contacts me, I'm recording what they're saying just to kind of make them look stupid because it doesn't know, they don't know what they're talking about. So when you see the video on, on Instagram, Vice calls me. They don't know anything about me. They don't know anything about my, my, my campaign and my candidacy other than the fact that, oh, we know you won the Republican primary. But we know you also support Q. And I'm like, well, where do you see that I, I support Q? When did I ever say that I support Q or, or anything like that? And I kind of start questioning this lady to get to the bottom of, uh, of what she's talking about. She couldn't even answer the question. She didn't know what the hell she was talking well, we, about. We, we saw, we saw a, a photo on Facebook. Oh, oh, so that's support. But, but, but what I loved about <laughs> this was that you just basically asked, 
do you know anything about my campaign? Right. And the answer was no. Right. They don't know what your policies are. Nope. They don't know. They, they, they probably, I'll tell you this. Having worked for many of these companies, I'm willing to bet that somebody walked up to her and said, here's a list of, you know, conspiracy theorists. Call them and get How a comment. Them? Yeah. And so there, there was a point in this video, it was like 10 minutes long, where you're grilling this, this reporter from Vice. Full disclosure, I, I used to work for Vice. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually uh, was a founding member of Vice News. When it was good. And Vice News, it was Vice News that called you, right? Uh, Vice News, Vice News, Vice News. They said they were doing something to Vice News tonight on HBO or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I love this video because you're like, tell me any one of my policies, basically. She can't do it. And that, that says so much. Yeah. Like you, you pointed out specifically, this is what the news does. Instead of trying to figure out what you're doing to better your community, which includes police reform, which includes you know immigration, you got to attack uh, uh, term limits and all that stuff. They just want the juicy BS. That's it. Anything to make a sensational headline. You know, anything that's going to get people to click the article. Oh, look, Republican, he's crazy. He supports nut job stuff. Let's write about it. Let's yeah. click that. You know, and, and I think that's a shame because they're overlooking a, 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 lot of, uh, a lot of the things that I actually want to do in my district, a lot of the things that I want to change. And, and not just New Jersey as a whole, but across the country, I'm pretty sure a lot of people can benefit from the things that I want to do. And they don't even want to talk about that. Even There's another video. I haven't uploaded it yet. And this was before the Vice call. This was with uh, Washington uh, Post, uh, Jeff Bezos's uh, organization yeah. <laughs> same thing it's not as funny as the vice one though because the vice one i was like okay i'm gonna have fun with them this time because the first time they called me and i was like the audacity like you would ask me such a stupid question like i didn't say that to them and i'm just like i, I kind of grilled them in that in that way the second time when vice called me I said, okay let me have fun with them this is going to be hilarious i want to see if they even know i was like let me be a little bit more tactical and um i think i'm going to do that moving forward every single yeah, time yeah, call them out you know it's, it reminds me of uh jordan peterson yeah he was like he was at an event and someone pulled out the keck flag yeah you know the keck, the keck flag yeah the, flag, yeah the frog thing yeah and then all of a sudden he's being told he has to answer for this flag and he's like what flag and they're like somebody held up a flag and took a picture with you he was like i take a picture with a ton of people right yeah i was, I was having a conversation with somebody because a lot of people uh it's like I, I guess it's become a rumor because i don't take pictures with people they were like somebody asked me is it true that you don't take pictures with fans and i was like i don't I, I, for reasons like this, and so I would understand be, that. Be, well, it's because be, uh, people try to set you up. Mm. People who are not your fans. Do like well, gotcha moments. I was in Washington, and there was a guy sitting down, and he had a, a little mustache or whatever, and there was a riot going on or whatever, and I was talking to some leftist guy about something when this guy walks over and he goes, hey, you're Tim Pool, right? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, hey, I'm a big fan. And I was like, hey, appreciate it. Shook his hand. And then he says, he's a Nazi. And I'm sitting there. Sur wow. Surrounded by Antifa and this guy, and I'm like, dude, are Whoa. you kidding me? Don't come up to me and bring that stuff to me. I was like, I'm, I'm not cool with, 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 that, with, with what you're doing, with what you believe. And he was like, that's fine. And I was like, dude, but it so I'm surprised. I would have kicked him in the mouth. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm a politician now. I can't do that. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. I've had, so, yeah, like, so when Jordan Peterson walks up and someone's like, can I get a picture with you? And they pull out the flag. That was innocent. Right. That was someone, like in your instance, some guy was like, hey, let's get a photo, Billy. And they pull out a big Q flag. Now you got all these journalists that don't know anything right. about you. They see one photo on Facebook, and that's everything. That's all they want to know about. They, they, they want to get clicks, and they want a boogeyman. Right. And because Antifa has been going nuts for months... He was their boogeyman. Exactly, and it's it's and, and even even when they, when they say that, it's like listen, I, from, from what I from what I've seen and from what I've researched, there's definitely something going on. There's definitely a human trafficking, pedophilia type problem going on here, right? To the extent of to the extent of what's going on with the with the whole Q thing, that I don't know about. I can't really I can't really attest to that. But there's definitely a lot of murky stuff going on with Jeffrey Epstein. There's definitely a lot of murky stuff going on with uh, a lot of these high-profile people, Prince Andrew and whatnot, who have gone to I this mean, island. And this is the crazy thing, because 
you've got them trying to conflate what's going on with Epstein, which is like, uh, don't we literally have this this lady in jail right now? They're like right. shuffling her around, worried about her, and she's being charged with like trafficking and other things. Like, so yeah, and and there's a picture of Bill Clinton in a blue dress. <laughs> it's a lot. This, it, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, uh, I'm <laughs> like, is, listen, regardless of what you believe, whether you whether you support the cute thing or not, there's definitely something going down here that just doesn't add well, up. And 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 to put it simply. They're literally prosecuting somebody over it. Right. A guy, you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny. Trump said, I wish her well. And then the left goes insane. He supports Maxwell. They took a picture back in like 99. But, but, then, but then when he gets asked by that dude from HBO, he's like, her boyfriend died. <laughs> so he's in jail and he's dead. We don't know how it happened. So, uh, yeah, I, I do wish her well. And um, that, that, that's what I thought was going to happen when he said it. I thought it was kind of weird when Trump said, I wish her well. I think he did it to just like troll, man. I think I, I think he didn't realize, but I think what he was saying was, "I hope she doesn't die." Essentially, like, I hope because we're going to prosecute her. We need we needed to talk, right? And I think they tried turning it into he supports her or whatever. I don't know about it, frankly. I wish her well, but yeah. So anyway, this this is what happens with the media, and it's one of the reasons why you know, I've been to a ton of events, and I'm like, I I just I don't like doing events. They threatened to burn down events. I've put on I, I put on an event last year. The Antifa threatened to burn it down. Where? Just out here, just out here. We're in uh, South Jersey. Really? Yep. Wow. They came from they came from Central Jersey down here, and then told the press they wouldn't let me come to their neighborhood. And I'm like, Yo, this is my name. Is my name? I, 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 booked, I booked it a few miles from my house. Right. You, you came down here from up north. They think they they, they think they own it. Think that you know they can use violence. You're familiar with Daryl Davis? Daryl Davis? Yeah. No, I have not met Daryl. He's Davis. the famous black blues blues musician who met a bunch of Klansmen and de-radicalized them. Oh yes, 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 yes. He yes. was our headline speaker. Really? They try to shut the event down. Why? Because oh, well, because it, they're just douchebags. Like, because it's Antifa, man. That's what they do. So so Daryl Davis tried talking to him because that's his thing. Right. He like he goes to the Klan. He's like, hey, you know, I'm going to talk to a, a guy in the Klan. And then he ends up de-radicalizing 200 of these guys. He walked across the street to Antifa, and they called him a white supremacist. Madness. Yeah, dude. Madness. It's a crazy political world right now. But I think, I think one of the big things that's, that's, that's fueling it absolutely is it's all fake news. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we watch people like you. Well, I, I, I mean, I guess. I'm just a dude. I, I, look, I jokingly say I just complain on the internet. Like, you see, I'm, but the thing is, and and one of the and, and it's the same thing I told you on Twitter. It's like one of the main reasons why I follow and why I really, really, really like your show. And you're one of the few people that I actually watch on social media is because, despite you having like you, you traditionally have a lot of liberal views, but you call out the nonsense on that side too. The same way you'll call out the nonsense on the other side. It's like, well, th- this is what news is supposed to be. A lot of people give their opinions today. Like on CNN, it's like Don Lemon for 40 minutes talking about why Trump is you know Satan himself. And you're just calling it the way it is. You know, the people on the Internet that are doing the researches and, 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 and looking into information and actually asking questions, getting people to be rational and and think for themselves. I think that's the direction that the media is going to go into. And unless the mainstream media starts to change their formula, they're going to go the way to Dodo. I, I kind of realize something. I think Trump is the Internet's politician and Biden is the is the traditional establishment politician. I think that's actually a good point. Because I, I, I noticed something. Trump did the biggest ad buy like the biggest ad buy ever on digital. It was like a seven figure one month, you know, buy. And he bought the most expensive ad possible, the YouTube banner. Mm. And it was this big news story in the New York Times. And, and Joe Biden didn't buy this. So they're doing the DNC digitally. It's on YouTube. And they didn't buy YouTube ad space during their own convention. Madness. That doesn't make sense, does it? Mm-hmm. Like, if, okay, listen, if you got a YouTube channel for your digital convention, 
Don't you want people on YouTube to click it to go watch it? Right. But they didn't buy it. So Trump did. However, I, I saw that. I started thinking. I'm like, wow. So they're not they're not trying to win. They're, they're just they're, they're phoning it in. They're, they're planning on losing. Right. Joe Biden spent 200. I believe it was 220 million on TV ads. And that's when I realized what it is. Nobody's watching TV like that anymore. But man. but you look, there are a lot of people who do watch TV. And if you get your news, if you're like one of these regular normie types who aren't paying attention, you get your news from memes and from your friends, word of mouth, right. which trickles down from CNN, MSNBC, and, and to an extent Fox News, but not so much. If you're watching a show like this, you're going online and seeking out. Right. But there's an easier way to put it. Like if you go to YouTube.com and, you, and you're searching for like immigration, you're not going to get only right wing or only left wing. You're gonna, it's gonna, it could be both. Right. You know, when Donald Trump says something like, you know, we're going to build a wall. You search for build a wall, you might find anti-wall and pro-wall. Because the, the, the algorithm on YouTube only knows wall. Right. Unless you say, like, the wall is bad. Then you yeah. only get that stuff. But on TV, if you turn on MSNBC, you're only getting orange man bad. That's it. <laughs> so these people who are watching TV are in that world. And, it's, and, I, and I think what, you know, I'm not saying I know this is a fact or anything. It's just an idea I have. But when I was, I was reading this about the ad buys, and then I was reading about the Beltway bubble. In, Beltway bubble. Yeah, so the D.C. journalists only follow each other. Okay. So when one journalist writes, you know, Donald Trump is losing, their buddy sees it and then writes Donald Trump is losing. Mm. And then you get New York Times, Wall Street, you know, well, not, not Wall Street Journal, but like New York Times, Washington Post, Vox, BuzzFeed, Trump is losing. Why? Because they're all following each other. Mm. They're not hearing what you're saying. They're not hearing what I'm saying. Other it's like other, an echo chamber. Exactly. The, and that's, 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 that's probably why they didn't see Trump coming in 2016. So now you take that combined with the fact that, you know, Biden's buying TV and Trump's buying uh, digital. And I think Trump is the candidate for the Internet age. And it makes sense. He, Trump himself posted a Pepe meme. You know, he, he posts memes all the time. It's he funny. gets it, man. Yeah. And then you look at what the Democrats are doing and it's like f- phoned in. Super can, cringe, man. Super cringe. I don't know, man. Like, did you see the and, and I thought this was fake, man. But did you see the, uh, the the performance? I can't remember the guy's name, man. But the guy. Huh? What's his name? Billy Porter. The guy with the dress? Yep. Oh, my days, bro. Oh, dude. <laughs> I thought that was a yeah. meme. I was I like, too. listen, man, I'm at my cousin's house and his girlfriend's like, did you see this madness? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way that's for real. That looks like a, that looks like an adult swim sketch or something like that, yeah. man. And, and I'm like, this was on the DNC. At the it was like their closing major performance. It's like, it's like if, if I'm a Democrat and I'm watching that. I would start questioning, like, what the hell am I supporting? <laughs> you know, did you, did you see that meme? Which one? It's like it's it's a picture of it, and uh, actually, let me let me let me see if I can pull oh, it up. One on your Instagram. Yeah, let me uh, yeah. let me pull up my own Instagram because it's the last thing I posted, and you're gonna you're gonna love it. So uh, it's loading, it's loading, and there we go. All right, check it out. Oh my god, uh, read it. We're going to lose. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. So for those that are listening. It's that guy Billy Porter. He's he's fist pumping and yelling, and the comment on YouTube says, "We're going to lose, aren't we?" Oh my God, that it's was so like, perfect. I couldn't believe. I was like, "This is beyond cringe." And the thing that blew my mind was, I was like, "Listen, you guys got money, DNC, okay? This looks like someone made this in their garage, man." <laughs> That's a tip. You know what I, mean? and I said like, it was like a freshman high school talent. Yeah, show. dude. I'm like, no, 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 no. This can't be for real, bro. This can't be for. Real. So what that what that looks like to me is like you're talking about all this struggle and the things, the black community, the quality. And I'm like, it look to me. To me, it looks like they're making fun of this. 
Yeah. Like this is a joke. It doesn't yep. look. That's what. That's the same thing my cousin said. I was like, I was like, I was. I'm like, is this a joke? And they're like, no, this is for real. And I'm like, this is what they're really putting in front of people, and they're talking about the struggle of African Americans, and they're the champion for black. This is a joke. It's not even a virtue signal. They're definitely ha haing in our face with this. You know, man. It's 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 a recurring theme for me to talk about, but I I do believe I, I know Republicans have been saying it for a long time, so it's kind of funny. I I think I've come to this conclusion in a different path, but I think the Democrats are overt racists. Oh yeah, I think. Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if the whole thing was to just mock and belittle it and like laugh in your face. And you know, it, it probably was because you know throughout this entire race, you know, with me saying that hey, I'm a Republican, I'm running as a Republican. Black people don't give me a hard time. Hispanic people don't give me a hard time. The people that give me the hardest time are the white liberals. Yep. The guys with the nose piercing and the blue hair to the side, you know. How can you support Dude. these people? You don't like black people? You hate your own kind? How could you support the Republicans? You know what I mean? And it's like these are the people that are constantly coming after me. It's not the it's it's, it's not the people in my own community. They're either they're either faced with one or two things. It's, you know, I don't like the Republican Party. I don't like what they stand for. I like you. And I respect you. Or why are you Republican in the first place? Now I'm curious. Yeah. One of those two things. It's only these super off the wall liberals that give me a hard time. This, this, this is what I think is, re is really, really fascinating about, you know, uh, candidates like you, cam candidates like Kimberly Klasick. And in, in a sense, this kind of what I, I don't know, I guess there's like a new Republican and it's and it's sort of emerging under Trump. You've got people like like me, for instance. I've I've been, you know, independent, left leaning. I was Democrat. I voted for Obama the first time. I've always felt like Republic. Like when I was growing up, Republicans were bad. You know what I mean? Now the Republicans are very different, and it's like when I when I see you, I'm like you're. I I look at your I look at your platform. I'm like I I think I disagree with like one or two things for the most part, but I'm like you're a cool dude. You're from the city. Like we get along. We 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 understand a lot of the same memes. It's like how is it that you're the new Republican, you know, it's, it's like, a, a, I don't know how to describe it. It's like the, the whole thing's changing. I do think Democrats are freaking out about it. Yeah. Because now when you've got, I don't know if, I, I don't know if it's true, but I'll tell you, Emerson, Rasmussen, and I can't remember the other polls, Zogby, they show that Trump's got 30% approval, or at least they did uh, last, uh, earlier this year, 30% approval among black voters. Yeah. And I think that freaks them out. And I think realistically, it's it, just from the people that I've spoken with, man. Um, I think it might be higher than thirty percent. You think honestly. so? I think so. Like, so. So, so, so you live in a predominantly black area? Yeah, it's I, practically all black and Hispanic. You know, is it? Is it? How many people there support Trump? Um, they don't. That's the thing. They don't like Trump. Okay, they like what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> they like what he's doing. All right. You know, like, listen, man. You'll be hard pressed to find somebody and say, "Oh, he didn't help with the job situation." Not going to happen. You know what I mean? Practically everybody that I met is like, yo, was it easy to find a job? Now, it was easier to find a job now than it was under Obama. Still, F Trump. I don't like Trump. You know, you know, the COVID thing happened. You know, Trump gave us the check. You know, this is cool. You know, yeah. you know, he's, he's funding the historically black colleges. You know, he did the prison reform. A lot of my homies are coming home. So he's still in, I still don't like him, but they're going to vote for him. They may. They may, yeah. honestly. And if, and if they don't vote for him, they're probably just going to flat out not vote Democrat at all. You know, because I, you talk to the average black person, man, they know about Biden. They know about Kamala. And they're just like, this is definitely a virtue signal. They're not. This isn't for this isn't for us right now. If Trump came out right now and said, I am going to be reviewing every nonviolent federal drug related defense. It's a landslide. Three million percent. Pardon. hundred percent. It's going to be a landslide, bro. It's going to be like, what? Landslide, dude. 
Lance, like, I'm like, I noticed you got decriminalized marijuana. Yeah, on your because too. I'm like, yo, bro, there's a lot of people that have their lives. My cousins, for example, have their lives completely destroyed for even having like, a small bag of weed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, listen, I don't care if you smoke weed or not, whether you like weed or not is besides the point. The point that I'm saying is like, I don't know a single person. I haven't seen a single study of someone who's died from smoking marijuana. I know people that smoke marijuana for because they got cataracts. They got, you know, back problems. I have a friend. He's got a fused disc and all kinds of stuff. You have to smoke. Friends that have PTSD from the military that smoke, you know, and it, and it helps them. I've seen them all strung out on Percocets and Xanax and all kinds of stuff, and they're fun people to be around when they smoke weed. You know, they're yeah. not they're not you know losing their mind and tweaking out. So I'm saying, why should someone have their entire lives destroyed uh, because of that? I don't know if these are your fans calling, but people from all across the country keep calling my phone. Oh, you but, told um, them your phone number was. That's on the- <laughs> true. That's true. That's probably it. But yeah. um, but you know, uh, I, I started. Uh, Tell them to text you. Yeah, text me if you guys want to talk. <laughs> I, I'll respond. I'm a little busy to, right now. <laughs> yeah, I respond to your text messages if that's the case. But um, you know, I don't, I don't see them. I don't, I don't see them uh, saying no to something like that. I was like, because for example, Governor Murphy when he ran, one of the big things he ran on was like, oh, we're going to legalize marijuana, bro. I knew so many gangsters, bro, that were like that that don't care about politics at all, but they're like, yo, we voting for Murphy. <laughs> you know, what I mean? Murphy's about to legalize it. You know, and I'm like, yo, bro, but he's not the guy. And I'm like, no, he's the guy. It's still he, wasn't, not le- he wasn't the guy. He's definitely not the guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not the guy. Dude, Murphy's awful. Yeah, I'm man. leaving. I'm leaving. Yeah, you leaving New Jersey? Yeah, I was I was thinking about this when I saw your 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 page. You're saying make New Jersey great again. And it made me feel kind of bad. You know, because I'm I'm out. I'm getting out of here, dude. I, I would I've been you. I've been here for um about six years. No, 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 about five years now. Been in New Jersey for five years. And I've been slowly building up my business. It's doing better than ever. And I'm sitting here with like the lockdowns here. You know the Atlas Gym guys just down the street. Right, right. I know him. N- nah, mm-mm. I I don't want to have anything to do with this guy and his 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 edict. And you got cops that are enforcing the stuff he's asking for. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm I'm. It's it's not just that. South Jersey's a peninsula. I mean, we got we got crazy riots and everything. I don't want to be I don't want to be yeah. on a peninsula. When it's, you know what I mean? So it's partly that too. So I'm gonna go inland. I'm gonna go to the middle of nowhere. But like North Dakota or something? No, not that far. I'll still be on the <laughs> East Coast, but I'm just gonna move inland. You know, about an hour or two or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, but then I, I see, I see your thing. You're like, make New Jersey great again, and I'm like, you're sticking around. I mean, you know what's funny about you saying that is, you know, when I was in the military, I was stationed in Texas, and in my in my opinion, there's no place more American than Texas. You know, I absolutely <laughs> what, bro? I love Texas, man. And the funny thing is, is going out there when I was when I was gonna get stationed in Texas the first time we go off base. And we're walking around. This is in uh, Wichita Falls, Texas, right? Me and my friends were going out. We're, we're looking for a, uh, I think it was like a video game store or something we were going to. We're walking, and where we're going through, we're like in the middle of nowhere, like some podunk cornfield type place, right? And there's like this guy sitting in this dilapidated house, just chilling there with a bloodhound. And like just totally stereotypical, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah, you know, yeah. I'm like, was he in a rocking chair with a shotgun? <laughs> nah, well, <laughs> he might as well have been, you know? Right, right, right. So it's me, black dude, a Hawaiian guy. And uh, and a Samoan guy, right? And and a Hispanic guy. So me, uh, so so a black guy, Hispanic guy, Samoan, and Hawaiian. We're walking down this block, all of us brown as can be, you know, walking down the block. And we look at this guy. This guy's looking at us. And we're like, oh man, we could smell something burning. So we're like, man, they're probably like, you know, burning the cross or something in the backyard. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, let's just go back to base or whatever, right? And the guy's like, hey man, y'all from around here? I don't say anything, you know. But the smallest guy with us, the, the Samoan guy, is like, yeah, yeah, we're looking for this store, or whatever. He's like, hey, why don't y'all come out back? You know, we're cooking a pig back here. And we're like, no, 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 we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. He's like, oh, y'all look hot. Y'all should get some lemonade. And we're like, no, nah, we're good. But then my friend's like, oh, no, let's go. So he starts walking. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, you know, never leave an airman behind, right? So I <laughs> follow right behind them. You know, we go back there. 
some of the sweetest people in the world I've ever met. Yeah. These guys, man. You know, I'm thinking in my and, and, and I was afraid to come to Texas at first. I'm like, man, they got a bunch of cowboy hats, shotgun toting, redneck racist kind of people. And no, not at all. You know, some of the, the nicest people in the world. We had a great time, had a couple of drinks and all that. You know, I experienced more racism here than I did in, in, in New Jersey than in Texas. You know, you know what I think it feels like? It's like the pendulum swung. And so where you used to have, the, you know, the racists in the South and everything, it's swung now to where they'll treat you like a normal, no, regular, regular person. But now on the left, they've gone so far in the other direction. They, you've got white progressives that scream in the face of minorities' racial slurs. Right. Like and they'll that, think they're doing virtue right now. Like that, you, you see that video of that white woman? She's holding up the sign, screaming at the black female cop, like screaming. Like no, just, I haven't seen that. It's, it's, it's hilarious because she's holding up a sign while she's screaming at a black woman. And it's like, dude, but the sign on the back is fragile. And I'm like, that is the perfect image of white fragility, this lady. <laughs> but this, this guy's filming and he goes, don't you think it's inappropriate for you as a white woman to be screaming at a black lady about racism? Right. And she's like, no, because I'm the only one who can do it because I have to do it. And she's part of the system. They're nuts. That's crazy. That's the craziest thing to me. I, I, it feels weird that, like, I was kind of like what, what I was trying to get at before about you being a Republican is that they, 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 Kanye West was talking about this. They told him, you better be a Democrat, you better support Democrats, otherwise, I'll destroy your career. Right. Like, they have a stranglehold on minority communities. Right. Me coming from the South Side, I, there's every reason that everyone in my area, everyone I know, should be a Democrat. Just absolutely oppose the Republicans, not our team. And now I'm talking to people from my neighborhood and. They're all... They're all wearing MAGA hats? No. <laughs> secretly voting for Trump. Right. That's, That's what it's like in Patterson, too, I would say. So I, I, I did... On my, on my main channel today, I said, Trump's second, agen second, second term uh, agenda list. That's it. Enough for me. Like, I'm going to vote for the guy. And there's, like, congressional term limits and ending the wars. I was like, I'll take it, man. Yeah. At this point, it's, it's a combination of Trump has improved enough for me. He did this speech at the RNC where he's like, I'm not going to say mean words about Hillary because they're going to get mad at me. And I was like... I actually really like that he did that. He's like, I'm not going to touch with an SC. I'm not going to say the word. And I was like, that's an improvement. That's an improvement. And but then, he, but then he did try to end the war. I, I talk about this all the time because it's, it's it's big for me. That's why I'm really impressed with you saying, you know, when it came to Libya, you were questioning this stuff because I think that's one of the biggest problems we have, where we're constantly, you know, internally we argue about all these political issues, mm -hmm. but. Most of a lot of stuff talk about for you know oh we need money for this we'll tax the rich I'm like we we stop blowing up the people in foreign countries starting exactly. these wars and we'll have money left over we can bring it back here exactly so anyway Trump's improved but also the Democrats have just gotten worse and worse and worse the riots the 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 insanity I am sick and tired of the lies I'm, it's just it really is you know I was talking to uh, I got an email from some dude who said he's in Europe and when you turn on any European news outlet the narrative is always far left. That Trump is evil, he's a dictator, peaceful protests are marching, so and Trump is beating him. And then he's like, but then I go on the internet and I watch what's actually happening, and it makes me angry. So, so for, you know, it's like, I wonder if the pendulum has swung. You know, you tell the story about a guy who's got roasting a pig and lemonade, and you go back, and it's the nicest people in the world. Yeah. And these are the people that they accuse of being white supremacists and racists. Exactly, exactly. And, that, and I'm telling you, man, it's like... I'm not going to lie. I stereotyped the hell out of that guy. And I'm like, no, nah, this dude's going to chop me up and wear my face, man. <laughs> He's going to do like leather face or something, you know? And he gave you a, he gave you a slab of uh, mutton and a big Oh, man. Good time, these people, bro. Good time, you know? 
And you know, when I when I when I started to see that, you know, I thought I thought about it for a while. I thought about you said, you know what, I'm gonna go to Texas, right? And I honestly believe that like if I didn't go to that Trump rally in January twenty eighth, I wouldn't be for one, I wouldn't be running for Congress, and two, it wouldn't have revitalized my hope that we can still save New Jersey. Wait, so so you went to a Trump rally? I went to that- a Trump rally January twenty eighth. This yeah. year? This year. The one that he had in January, Wildwood. Yeah, massive, yeah, yeah, massive, yeah, yeah, yeah. massive one. Yeah, I really wanted to go. I didn't make it because it was it was they they I couldn't get in. Well, we didn't, to be fair, we didn't get in either. But going down there, meeting everybody. Yeah, so that's 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 so funny thing. My friend, I'll, I'll even tell you that story because that's literally the inception of this whole congressional run anyway right at this point no intention of running nothing like that but i wanted to be involved in the political scene and see what's going on right so my friend good friend since since like child my friend randy he's like hey man you should uh let's let's go to the trump rally you know he's coming to new jersey let's go and he's one of those guys who's like a low-key trump supporter he doesn't want anybody to know but like now everybody (laughs) knows he's like you know high-key trump now but like so He's like, let's go to the rally. I'm like, okay, cool. We try and go. The day comes around. Like, hey, I got to work. I can't make it. And I'm like, oh, no, nah, man, we got to go. At this point, I'm already gung-ho. I'm like, I already voted for the dude. Like, he's coming to New Jersey. Like, there's no way. And he's like, get in contact with Dr. Castillo. You know, he's like, you know, the doctor right there on Mill Street. Go, go over there. He's going down there with the Republican, um, the Hispanic Republican National Assembly. Go down there with them, right? So it's the first time I actually meet Dr. Castillo. I'd seen him on posters, knew all about the guy, but, you know, never met him. So while we're going down there. You know, he's probably thinking, like, you know, he's probably just, like, you know, a regular Democrat dude from the hood who's curious, right? Whatever, right? Yeah. So we have, like, a little short, small talk. We didn't really talk any Trump stuff till we get there. We get to the we get to this place, man, and first off, it's, like, 27 degrees. It's brick. It is freezing out there, man. You know? But there's thousands of people, man. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands. And I was I was blown away because I was like, what? In New Jersey? And, and, and mind you, some came from, you know, Pennsylvania and probably right, other places right, right. as well, too. But even still... There had to have been like 120,000 people out there. Bro. Wow. There was a lot of people, bro. Like the way the, 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 the. so we get to the rally. They had a park right right outside the convention center. Right. And the entire park was full from fence to fence, like in this little snake formation kind of thing. Right. Yeah. By the time you get out of the park, you come down one block, you go up three blocks, you cross the street. And then there's a huge parking lot in the Wildwood Center. And there's a massive snake chain going all the way through the parking lot until you got into the front. We got there at 11. By the time we got to the front, I was 100 people away from the front. It was like 8 o'clock, all right, at this point, right? Trump's about to go on. Doors locked, 100 people, and can't get in. I'm like, okay, great. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it is what it is, right? Now, there's, there's a part that I skipped, actually. The most significant part that, that happened is I did an interview with a guy named Andrew Dodansky. He's like some he, – he does, like, a lot of these uh, little reports and stuff. And while I'm doing this report – Dr. Castillo's sitting there next to me the entire time. And the whole time we're there, I didn't really speak much, right? So I'm kind of just giving my opinion. That video is also on my, uh, my, uh, my Instagram. I'm kind of just talking about different things, foreign policy, whatever, right? And um, then Kaylee McEnany. At the time, I had no idea who she was, right? Um, she wasn't the press secretary. We're sitting down. We're, we're, we're standing in front of this, uh, this line waiting for cheesesteaks. And I see Kaylee coming down the, the side of this... Um, uh, the, the little barricade or whatever, right? She's yeah. got the microphone. She's, like, putting it to the crowd trying to get people to talk. And people are like, oh, no, my boss. If my boss sees me, you know, <laughs> I, I can't talk about this or whatever, right? So then she gets to where I'm at, and she's like, oh, well, I guess that's it. I guess we're going to put the uh, we're gonna put the cameras away. And I'm like, no, 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 I'll talk. And I, at first, I was just messing with her, right? Yeah. And it's just her. She's got, a, like, a big black fur coat and these two massive dudes with, you know, suits on. I just couldn't put two and two together, like, that these guys are Secret Service. I thought she's just, you know, you know, a journalist with two homeboys, like, protecting yeah, yeah. her, you know? And, um... 
She's like, oh, you really want to talk? He's like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. I'm like, you're not fake news, though, right? Ha, 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 no, we're not fake news. And I'm like, well, so I'm like oh, well, what organization are you with? And she's like, oh, we're just here supporting Trump, just like you. She didn't tell me your name, didn't tell me anything like that. She's like, oh, so you want to say something to the president? So then I said what I said. You know, that's all oh, you go on Trump's page. You'll find that, um, that, that, that post that I said. I said, you know, Trump, good guy, whatever, woo. I said that. And then right after all, all that was done, like everybody in the crowd was like, man, you said something that was on my mind but you just you just worded it in such a way that i never could and i was like oh okay that's cool dr castillo says hey bill come he pulls him to the side right say hey bill i, I think you should run for congress <laughs> there it is and i'm like what and i'm like no he's like no no seriously i'm you know i'm running in cd5 i ran in district nine before against pascrell um the only reason why i didn't win is i wasn't able to i wasn't able to get the younger vote and i wasn't able to acquire the african-american vote and he was like you are different you know, and he was like, this whole time I'm thinking you're a Democrat. And he was like, you're a super conservative. And I had no clue. And he's like, you've, you've got a mind about all these different kinds of things. I feel like if you polish yourself up and you kind of, you know, put your things in the right way, like you could do really well in politics. So he said, run. And I said, well, if you help me and you, you kind of guide me through this process, I will. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm already running in the fifth. You run in the ninth. We'll tag team it. We'll go in. You know, <laughs> it'll be great. And I'm like, all right, doctor, let's do it. All right. So let's let, let's let's do this race, man. And we're sitting down. And uh, we're watching Trump on the, the jumbo screen while he's talking. And I just got, like, filled with, like, this this just, like, yes, let's do this kind of feeling, man. Because I'm watching this guy. And I'm like, yo, all these people came from all across the state and the surrounding areas to come and see this guy in freezing cold weather. And we're still here. This guy, zero days in politics, isn't a politician. Yeah, He's accomplished so many things in under three years. And I'm like, if he could do it. And if AOC, who's an absolute airhead, can do it, <laughs> I mean, she won. I mean, I'll, I'll give her credit for that. You know, youngest congresswoman ever. Yeah. I'll give her credit for that. But, like, if she could do it, there's nothing stopping me from doing it. Nothing. You know? And I'm smarter than her, okay? I'm, I'm not trying to toot my horn. So I'm like, the confidence I, is good. Yeah, I'm yeah. smarter than her. So I'm like, I'm like, if I can do that, and the president was able to do that, and I know I've got pretty good ideas. I'm gonna, I'm gonna seriously take Dr. Castillo up on his offer. Yeah. And then from then on, you know, the following day, went home, built that website that we're looking at right now, started making the logos on Photoshop, and just started like, you know, just doing the whole thing. And became, I just started running. <laughs> I started running. You're in. A, it's an uphill battle, though, bro. It is, you know. But but here's the thing, man. The way I look at it is like, and I personally believe that I'm gonna win. The reason why I believe this is because. Nobody knows what this guy's platform is, right? I've constantly called him out to debate. Lots of other people have called him out to debate. Even the Democrats. Won't do it. The Democrats even called him out to debate. The only person he agreed to debate was a guy named Alp Basarin, right? Alp Basarin, which I think was a horrible um, campaign move, was on his website. It was like, you know, Congress deserves a formal or former illegal alien in Congress. And I'm like, that's a horrible slogan, you know, to put. Because, like, his, he, he championed himself on, you know, um, I'm a Tur Turkish immigrant came here illegally and I'm in Congress and I should be in Congress. But he was like off the wall socialist, this guy. Wow. Right? You know, him and another lady, Zenas Bazakis, off the wall socialist. I challenged both of them to a debate because I'm like, listen, I'm in the primary with you guys. So I'm a Republican. You didn't want to talk to me. I said, yeah, I'll maybe debate you. Pascrell accepted Alp Basarin's uh, request to debate. And I'm like, of course, you're going to debate the socialist. You know, yeah. of course, you're going to debate him. And like, you know, you just pull up the immigration thing and it's, it's over. Right. But then he only agreed to do it at a virtual forum. He didn't want to do it in person. So Alp yep. was like, no, 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 let's do it in person. And I'm pretty sure Alp would have really gave it to him. He would have probably gave, he would have raised a lot of really good points because despite all the socialist stuff, he's a very smart guy. He knows, yeah. he knows, he knows quite a few things, you know. Um, and he wanted to do it by his rules. So he didn't want to do that. So I said, okay, of all the people you're going to debate, you're going to debate him. So I said, all right, I'm going to debate Bill Pascrell. 
And I started going after him. He didn't want to respond to any of the, the things. So now I'm kind of trying to give this guy the biggest headache in the world. You know, um, I know recently he just had he, he had a um, uh, I believe it was a stent. He had to get put into his heart. He has like heart oh, problems. Right now. He's 83 years old, man. Bill Pascrell. Pascrell. 83 years old. Wow. He's 83 years old. Um, he's got some heart issues right now. And I'm like, man. Listen, if you want to run in politics, this is a hard game. And it's like, I'm serious about what I want to do. I'm not going to let you just sit there and coast and, and do nothing. You're not going to pull a, a Ruth Bader Ginsburg on me, bro. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it to you. So, you know, I'm showing up at his fire department that he built. I, this was about two days ago. It was in front of his fire department. Was, hey, Bill, we're out your fire department. Come out and debate me. You know, <laughs> debate we'll, we'll, we'll debate right here in front, of the, uh, in front of the fire department or whatever. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up at all of his offices. I got people calling his office, people sending emails saying, listen, Pascrell, come out and debate. Stop running away. You know what I mean? 23 years, you talk about how you've done so much. And what really pisses me off is he's from Patterson. He's from Patterson originally, right? He champs, oh, I, I grew up in Patterson. I know what it's like. No, you don't because you're not doing anything. If you knew what it was like, you wouldn't allow it to be in a situation that it's in. You know, he doesn't want to talk about any of these facts because he knows I'm going to hold his feet to the fire. He can't pull the whole Black Lives Matter nonsense with a guy like me because I live here. All right. He can't pull the whole anti-Trump. You're, you're, you're a racist if you support Trump because I support Trump. All the moves that he would have used on any of the other Republican candidates, he can't use on me. So he's like, love it's it. best for me to just stay in the basement and be basement bill. Stay away from this guy. <laughs> All right. I love I love the backfiring identity politics. Oh, yeah. He knows it. He knows it. He like, knows it. That's the only thing. That's that, the, that, there's no rationale for it. That's what I was, I, I was thinking before, like when I was talking about how Kanye West said, you know, you have to be a Democrat or else. Mm hmm. Yeah, because they like to use the black community. They say that they're yeah. they're the ones who are going to speak on your behalf and fight for you. Absolutely. And I'm like, like like I said earlier, man, if that guy wants to come out and play that game, well, he just lost the argument like, because let's, let's play that game. Not not only are you from a predominantly black area, but you're literally a black dude. Yeah. So like, why would I support him? Why why would I believe he knows anything about what's happening in your community? If if he thinks that's the that's the issue that needs to be fought for, I'm I'm gonna look to you, Billy. I'm gonna ask you. All right, you 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 take you take the reins. Yeah, because you both seem to agree, right? Right, and he's not he's not gonna he's he's not gonna try and debate that kind of stuff, you know. And y y you know, I'm I'm kind of sick and tired of of people using the black community as the useful idiots, you know. Same way that the socialists took over with the useful idiots, doing the same thing right now with the African American community and Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And I'm sick and tired of that. We're not scapegoats. You know, we've already been through enough. We've already got all kinds of nonsense. We've been dealing with, with slavery, segregation, all kinds of nonsense. And now you want to use us to keep pushing your Democrat policies that put us in a situation in the first place. And you're going to say that you're for us. Black Lives Matter. Get out of my face with that. That's why, you know, there, there's some things Candace Owens uh, has said that I've disagreed with. But for the most part, that, that, that's why I was mentioning, like, you and Kimberly, for instance, people like Candace Owens, the Hodge twins, uh, you know, Terrence Williams. I don't I, – I think there's a lot of people who – you know, I think it's obvious. They use identity politics. They make money off it. They make a career off of it. And now you finally got a bunch of people who are actually black standing up, assert, right. asserting themselves, saying, here's what we want. Here's what we want to do. Like literally what you just said. Tired of having your community be the scapegoat. Mm -hmm. What do they call you? White supremacists. Right. Racists. That's the craziest nonsense I've ever or seen. Or even they'll try to call it, you're an Uncle Tom. I'm like, oh, oh, really? That's the case? I okay. watched that. Doc you see the documentary? Fantastic documentary, by the way. I, I didn't even realize... Um, uh, Herman Cain, yeah. his, his story was amazing. Oh, yeah, man. I didn't even know it was that deep. When he was like, I was trying to figure out why I wasn't getting paid enough money, and my boss says, well, he's got a degree. So I got me a degree, and I was like, yeah, yeah I like dude, that I like that. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, man. Look, I, I grew up on the South Side. I come second-generation mixed-race family. I grew up with stories about civil rights era and all this stuff and all the things that were, were hard-fought. 
And now I'm seeing this, this insane racism from the left. But I've, I've absolutely always been someone who's detested racism, detested white supremacists and all that stuff. As you should. And now, now I find myself in this interesting position where as someone who's grown up hearing stories from my grandparents, from my parents about how life was, what was life like in the country before civil rights, I see a bunch of black people actually standing up saying we're going to run and they're conservatives. Right. And they're getting, they're getting crapped all over by oh, these yeah. progressives. And I'm like, but, but wait, hold on a minute. This is exactly what we were all fighting for. Correct. So that people could be protected. People were, were uh, judged based on their, their, their character, not the color of their skin. Right. And for some reason, they're trying. The, the, it's the Democrats trying to maintain the inverse of that. Right. But, but to be fair, you look at the, 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 the diversity, I guess, of the parties. Yeah, you look at the Republican Party, you got a whole bunch of white dudes. You look at the Democrat Party, you got a whole bunch of, you know, you've got minority women, you've got some minority dudes, you've got some white people. But it's all about fall in line behind our ideas or you're a racist and we'll try and tear you down. Right. And now that they've got people who, who are diverse standing up and saying, well, we disagree with your ideas, they're trying to use all these tactics to destroy. It's, it's, it's hypocrisy, and I think it proves they never actually cared about actual diversity. They never cared about the actual melting pot of this country. They just cared about using that image. Their, 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 uh, their support for Black Lives Matter, in my opinion, is skin deep, quite literally. They want, they want to make sure that they have the support of people based on what they look like instead of convincing people their ideas are good. So they'll make, they'll make, they'll make the, the show of it. They say this all the time, like, why don't you take a look at the, you know, when it was uh, the State of the Union. You see all the Democrats and you've got different people of different colors and genders. And you look at the Republicans and it's mostly like white dudes and some white women. And they use that against them. Right. And I'm like, OK, I agree. Then I'll tell you what, start supporting people of different races, different genders, whatever. Correct. Who aren't white then? No. No, they call Candace Owens a white supremacist. They call Ben Shapiro a Nazi. <laughs> they call, madness. <laughs> but they call you trying to smear you as a conspiracy theorist, too. Right. And I'm like, you, it, it just ties back to your, your, your opponent is 83 and he's saying black lives matter. And it's like, that's the stupidest argument and ever. He, heard. And he hasn't done a single thing about it, man. You know, he hasn't done a single thing about it. I'm sick and tired of that guy, man. And it's like, you know, what, what really, 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 <laughs> what really made me want to run against this guy is like, you know, I looked at the numbers, right, after I spoke with Dr. Castillo. I looked at it, and I'm like, you know, and no offense to any of the candidates that ran against them, you know. You know, shout out to all of them. You know, you, you all went out and you fought. And I'm like, I, I looked at a lot of their campaigns, and I'm like, none of you guys went for the neck, okay? This is a guy who he's gotten away with these mafioso-type tactics where he'll talk about how he's doing all these great things, and he'll try and get the DNC and John Curry to come and crush you. If you don't, uh, you know, kind of fall in line with him, yet he's doing nothing for anybody. And I'm like, listen, man, he has everything to lose, okay? $5.7 million after 2018 in the bank. You haven't done anything. You go to your website, no policies, no legislation. You piggyback and you co-sponsor other people's bills for 23 years. The most significant thing is Great Falls Revitalization and the building of the Bill Pascrell Fire Department. Two of your biggest policies, right? And nobody's going after this guy's neck. How are you in politics for 23 years, you're making that much money, and you're not doing anything for the community? But people support you because there's a D next to your name. That's what Pelosi, madness. So Pelosi said about her and AOC, that in their district, she said you could take this glass of water, put a D on it, and it would win. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's people in Patterson who've never seen Pascal's face, wow. and they voted for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like that, it, bro. That, that, it's crazy to me that AOC won her primary. Yeah. It means people went in and they were like, that's what I want. But I, I, I guess, um, you know, there was a there's a poll that came out uh, today from Gallup. 
that Democrat par- party affiliation is going down a little bit. This is, it's, it's actually bad news a little, it's, it's good news for Republicans now. It's bad news in the long run. Earlier in this year, party affiliation was higher, according to Gallup, among Republicans, mm-hmm. and it switched uh, and got particularly bad around the time the George Floyd incident happened. We can right. also see Black Lives Matter support skyrocketed. But since the riots have been going crazy, opposition has been growing and support has been going down. Right. So, you know, anyway, that's the, the, the general idea I see is for, for a long time, nobody was involved in politics. Your mission, in, you know, particularly in Chicago, was go in and go D, 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 and go right. home. And that's crazy. That, I, I don't understand how you can have a city like Chicago, what is it, like 80 years under Democrats? Right. And they call it Chirac, gun Which violence. bad, man. I've, it's I, not a name to have, bro. Yeah, <laughs> right yeah. on. Chirac. So, so at what point are people are like, eh, I'll try R. I don't know. I, I didn't. I, look, if you got a guy like this, uh, what's his name? Bill pa- Pascrell, right? <laughs> Bill Pascrell. Pascrell. Yep. I don't yeah. know. He's not, not memorable. If you have this guy, he's been in for 20, 23 years, and you're coming out now saying, look at all these problems with police, I'll be like, wow, for 23 years? Is that what that, you think is a problem? Yeah. It must be really, really bad if you couldn't figure it oh, out. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try the R. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That, that's, that's literally where I'm at right now. And that's, and that's the logic that I want people to have. It's like, you know, I don't want people to just vote for me because I'm a Republican, right? Even and when I speak with Republicans, I tell them the same thing. Like, I want you to vote for me because you believe in me. I want you to vote for me because you believe in my policies. If you vote for me just because I'm with a party, you're just going to repeat that entire process. If you don't know what I'm about and I'm going in there and I'm supposed to represent you, who else are you going to vote for? You know what I mean? You can't just go, I want that person, same right. team, that's it. I think, you know, we, we, for, for too long, people have just, you know, like I said, vote down the line. But I think the internet is starting to wake people up. Mm-hmm. You know, now it, it would have been it, uh, 23 years ago. How would you have gotten your name out to go up against the machine? You know what I mean? They got the DNC. They got the money in the bank. And you've got upstart candidates trying to get in. They just bully you out. They yeah. can shove you out. Now you got the internet. Oh, yeah. So and you, that's really helped me a lot because, you know, I've been running ads on Facebook since like 2013, you know. And thank, thank God I know what I know. You know what I mean? Being able to run those ads, that's what's really gotten the word out for me. What's actually gotten – because I'll be walking through the town and people be like, hey, you're the guy from the internet. I know you. I saw that the video. Guy from the you, internet. You were talking about the term limits or you were talking about the, the BLM thing. Or, I know you. You know. And if it wasn't for that, nobody would have any clue who I was. They wouldn't know what I was about, you know. You're knocking on doors? Um, yeah, but even even with knocking doors, it's like I'm, I'm doing that to a certain – to a minimum at the moment right now. And the reason being is a lot of people are still skeptical COVID, about the whole COVID right. thing. So it's more like, you know, we're leaving flyers. If I see you on the porch, I'll talk to you from down the steps or whatever yeah. the case may be, you know. You know, whatever. People believe it's real or not. It's besides the point. My thing is I don't want to I don't want to infringe on people. People are like, what? That, that guy came and knocked my door trying to spread the coat. Nah, I'm not voting <laughs> for him. I'm going past ground. Nah, so. It's, it's a challenge because I think a lot of people in that city, in any city, they're going to be like whatever the D is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's 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 so stupid, this uh, two parties, whatever, for the most part. But I think the advantage you have, well, I'm not going to be mean, but I, like you can get out there on the street. You can you can you can you can spend 16 hours a day every day from now until the election. You're young. You got the energy. You can do it. You can talk to people. I don't think he's got it. I mean, he's 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 old. He, he, he knows the old school game. If not this if not this cycle, if you keep it up, I have a feeling you're gonna win like it's it's you know what's funny about you saying that is uh the first the first interview that i did throughout this entire race i did it with a guy named beck lover he's got a show called beck lover and the comeback team he came on and he said literally the exact same things he was like listen man this guy is very disconnected he's not he's not really focused on what's going on in the community he's not actively going out and speaking and even if you see in patterson he's not promoting he's not putting any signs up anything during the primary he was doing that but he's not doing any of that stuff now 
you know and i believe the reason why he feels that is because like oh this guy you know he doesn't have any money he's, i'm not I'm, I'm not even gonna go out there and do it and that's totally fine i i I want him to sleep on me because I don't <laughs> think he understands the magnitude of what is about to happen. Because the way I look at this race, man, is win or lose, I don't lose. I don't really lose in this race. And the reason why I say that is because the GOP, for example, right? Say County, Bergen County, uh, Hudson County, NJ GOP, right? They say they support me. I'm not really getting the support, right. honestly. I don't know if it's because, you know, they think I'm not the guy or whatever, or, or whatever it is. What I know it is is that they say, eh. Patterson's a tough sell. That's a hard city. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to require a lot of work. We're just not throwing money at that race. We're just not yep. going to support. And if that's their logic, okay. But I'm saying the reason why it is this way is because you're doing nothing. So Bingo. no matter how you try and rationalize that I'm not paying thing. Like I was talking with one of these guys. I'm not going to say his name. But he's like, you know, you know, I understand, Bill. But, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. If you want to win this race, you know, we have to focus on all the cities on the outskirts. And then we're going to focus on Patterson. I'm like, that's, that's madness. As life, start, or as life starts to get better for certain people in Patterson, they're going to get out. They're going to move into these areas with that liberal stuff. You see what's happening in New York. People are leaving New York. They're moving to these surrounding areas with that liberal stuff. You're going to keep this process going on forever and ever until you take control of what's happening in that city, until you start setting up the tables, you start going to the lows, start going to the high schools, reaching out to the youth, getting people registered, getting them politically involved the way the Democrats are doing it right now. You're going to consistently lose. Yep. That's why on these outskirt races, it's always on edge. If a Republican wins, oh, we could possibly lose it. Oh, we could possibly... You can't, you can't win a fight like that. There has to be a stronghold. The reason why the ninth has been a stronghold for a very long time is because they know what they're doing. No Republican is going to go in there and try and change anything. Yep. So when I say what, no matter which direction this race goes, I don't really lose. Because if I'm in this race, I'm going to have to go out there and help get people registered, get people together. So I created a movement called the Revive New Jersey Movement. Right? Got a group on Facebook for people that, you know, that, that want to help rebuild this. And the reason why I say this is because... The Democrat Party, they win because they have a machine, all right? They have a financial machine. We like that guy. We don't agree with that guy, but he's on our team. We're going to push that guy with the machine, right? The GOP doesn't have a machine, right? They have, you know, great talking points and things they want to do, but without something like that to actually push the candidates, you can't get it. And if you can't really focus on, you can't really focus on, on the whole money aspect, because I get it. Money is definitely necessary to, uh, to win this race. But what I believe is what's really going to win this race against Pascal is strategy, all right? And I'm a military guy. So it's like, I have to be very strategic. I have to be very tactical. I only have X amount of dollars, but I have a lot of people that are willing to help. I have a lot of people that are willing to make phone calls. I have a lot of people that are willing to do this. And I'm, I, it started off as, you know, revive the ninth district. This is what we're going to do here in the ninth district. And I laid out a plan. We're going to make calls, do this, do that, do that. And we're going to try and make changes here in the district. But then I said, you know, this is bigger than that. New Jersey needs help as a whole. Yeah. And there's people that are like, hey, I need you to, like, if you can come down to, you know, Belmar, come over here to this area and like, you know, just speak and continue to talk about what you're talking about. You're like, you're a very fired up guy. And I said, listen, if I'm like this, there's definitely other people inside the state that are like this. So if we were able to mobilize, let's say 10,000. In fact, let me let me just break down some numbers for you here. In the ninth district, there's 202,000 plus registered Democrats. There's 69,000 plus registered Republicans. But there's 179,000 plus unaffiliated voters. So that's 179,000 people that are disenfranchised. They don't trust either side, and primarily they don't trust the Republican side because, as you can see from the, the size of the Republican Party, they're not putting in the work. Yep. So if you're not putting in the work and you're not reaching out to those people, these people are going to say, you know what, I'm just going to stay home. I'm just not going to vote, or I'm going to vote for whatever I feel. There's no real solid you know, line drawn in the sand. So until we actually go out there and speak to these people, we're going to keep losing. So someone's got to put that groundwork. So I said, listen, if we got, and I, I said this, I said, listen, if there's 172,000 people in the, in the ninth district that are unaffiliated, if we got 300 people, right, 
to make some phone calls. And we divided this, these numbers amongst the people. That's about 592 phone calls per person. Divide that by 30 days, that's 29 calls a day. So if 300 people made 29 calls a day and reached out to these people, we'd reach every single voter that's unaffiliated in the 9th District in 30 days. Now imagine if we expand that across the state. Now there's about 25,000 people in this group. We all have the same belief. We all have the same commonality. We need to turn this state red. And if there's someone over there in, in you know, completely different city, completely different district, and that guy needs help, we've got the machine. We're all on the same page. We're all working together. There's nothing like that that exists with the GOP. They'll give you financial support. They'll you know, probably plug you here and there if they, if they totally support you. But there's nothing like that for the community. This, is, this has to be a grassroots effort because the second we get something like this done and we're able to successfully do this in New Jersey, we can do this across the country. So that's one of the reasons why I decided not to leave because seeing what I saw at the Trump rally, I said, there's, there's definitely hope. There's a lot of silent majority people here. You know, I didn't. I thought New Jersey was blue and it was never going to happen. When he said he's going to come to New Jersey, I'm thinking maybe 10,000 people show up, and I was totally wrong. Way, way, way more people than, you, than yeah. you'd expect. Way more people. So now let's get them all on the same page. And if we get them all on the same page, they're going to have a very, very, very difficult time trying to undo what we do in the Ninth District. I can't. It's 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 amazing to me. You, you, you the journey of a, a thousand miles begins with a single step. That's yep. the saying, right? And and I, and I see this. Republicans not even trying to win in certain areas, especially with like AOC, for instance. They, they, even, they don't even really have a Republican who runs there. No. They have so many districts where they don't even bother. And it's like, well, no wonder it's D plus 30. Right. You've never tried. Right. And so we, you know, we used to have conservative Democrats and liberal Republicans because they like, I think Jeff Van Drew is a really good example. Right. Of, I guess you'd call a liberal Republican. I, he's a moderate, I guess. Right. He's probably like the furthest left Republican there is because he literally just switched over from the Democratic Party. So I, I look at like, uh, you know, AOC's district. Why don't they have a Republican who's a moderate who can speak to the 20 percent of her district that is, you know, conservative or, or you know, a, 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 around that percentage? If if you got so I, I think out of uh, it's a 750,000 people in AOC's district, you've got, I think, 200 and something thousand that voted for her. And that's how she won. Or mm. 200,000 like total, total votes. Right. If, there, if every single Republican voted, they'd win. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and that's what really pisses me off here, man, because it's like they're focused on, like, for example, I got a good friend, Frank Pilata. He's running in the 5th District, right? And I really, want, I really, really want him to win. Can't stand Josh Gottheimer. Total piece of crap. He's best friends with Bill Pascrell. They always tag team and try and jump other candidates. And I don't believe Pascrell's going to kind of get involved right now because I'm on his toes, right? I want him to win. A lot of people are focused on, we're going to throw all our eggs in this basket in the 5th District. And I'm listen, I'm like, listen, let's say he does win. What's the strategy for continuity? Right? They're not thinking that far out. They're only thinking about, like, right here, right now, we beat this guy, and that's it. Yeah. There has to be something long-term. Me, like I said, I don't really win. I mean, if, if I win, I win. If I lose, I still win. Because yeah, this is away. Right, because this isn't about that. It's like long-term, right? And I believe I will beat this guy, right? If he, whether he has a heart attack and says, I can't do this anymore or whatever. You know, I don't wish any ill will on the, I don't wish any ill will on the guy. I'm just keeping it real. You just had heart surgery, but you're yeah. 83 years old. You're falling apart. This is a fact. All right. I mean, if this is what's going on, if, if we actually build something like this, I've met lots of people, lots of very, very influential people in, in the state of New Jersey, very powerful people in the state of New Jersey who agree with what I want to do and they want to help me do what I want to do. We build this machine. There's no way they're going to stop us. They can't stop us. And when you have strongholds, like you convert a place like Patterson, you convert a place like Newark, a place like Camden, inner, uh, Elizabeth, all these huge inner city areas, 
You're going to be very hard-pressed to turn that over. When someone actually comes to them and starts speaking about a different alternative because all they've known their entire life is Democrat, and now you've got an army of people that are talking about another way, it's going to be very difficult to bring them back to their old ways. That's how you turn the tide, man. That's exactly how you do it. You need a lot more followers. What's your, what's I, your, what's your Twitter? My Twitter is Billy Prempa. Do you want to spell it? Just so. B-I-L-L-Y-P-R-E-M-P-E-H. You, and I, I need to use Twitter more often, too. But you, you got Instagram, too. Yeah, Instagram, I'm more active on there. You go some guy named Bill. That's me on Instagram. That's an easy, easy account That's to find. why I chose it. You can't I, forget I, that. <laughs> I, saw your, I saw your site. I looked at some of the stuff you were standing for. I saw what you were, you, you know, what you were doing up north, and I was like, seems like a cool guy. But I got to tell you, man, sitting here... You you you've been telling stories. You've been talking about strategy. I'm I am deeply impressed. I gotta say, man, good, you, man. You, you you gotta and you got know, a good head on your shoulders. The, the funniest thing, and this is the thing that a lot of people don't find it hard to believe, is like literally this entire campaign, right? I haven't had any you know volunteer support from Bergen County, Hudson County, NJGOP, Passaic County. None of these people. Literally everything from the website, the the the, the social media posts. The video editing. Now I have a guy that's helping me with the video editing. Um, literally everything. Everything you see about my campaign. Advertising. All of it. 100% me. The calling. The door-to-door. All that me. Maybe about four or five people that like really kind of help for the most part. Now it's much bigger because now people are, are seeing that. They're, they're seeing what I'm about. And I believe that it's like, listen, I don't have to be the suit and tie guy. A lot of people say, Bill, why don't you wear a suit and tie? Because I'm not the suit and tie guy. That's just not me. I like the jacket. I'll keep you the jacket. You got the jacket, though, yeah. Right, thank you. You know, I got it for 20 <laughs> bucks at the thrift store, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm a regular guy, okay? I'm, I, and I don't, I don't believe that I have to pretend to be this, oh, well, look at me. I'm a politician guy with a silk here, tie. Dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> look, I'm, I'm a human being. Exactly. I'm like, listen, <laughs> people resonate with that. People want someone that you can approach, right? Authenticity. And, you know, I, 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 I'm that guy. You, want, you got a problem on your mind. Give me a phone call. You know, you want you want some help or something like that. Give me a phone call. I may not be congressman, but I'll probably be the shadow congressman. You know, you ain't getting nothing from Bill. I could probably pull some strings and make something happen. Who knows, right? But that's what I intend to do. I think it's only a matter of time before you win. If, oh yeah, if, hey, you, you you're saying you think you're gonna win now? I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that I'm gonna win. I actually, even though it seems even though it sounds very uphill. And the reason why I say I'm, I'm I'm pretty confident that I'm gonna win is a lot of the Democrats that I've spoken to, they don't feel. They don't feel uh, enthusiastic about this race. Exactly. Like, I mean, even right now, Bill Pascrell doesn't really get along with Biden. He doesn't really get along with Cory Booker, yet you're advertising, vote for Biden, Booker, and Pascrell. The people aren't fools. They see what's happening here, right? And you may not like Trump, but I like that guy, Billy. Yep. You see what I'm saying? That's the way to win here. I don't have to, I don't have to convert all the Democrats. I don't want you to leave your party. If you believe in your party, that's, your, that's all cool. Do you believe in my policies? Do you believe in what I stand for? Then support Billy, right? Come this way. And if you don't support me at all, or you like me, you still don't want to vote, then don't vote. If I dilute the Democrat vote, I turn over these unaffiliated. We got a different situation here. We got a different situation. At the very least, matter in, in the next several uh, cycles, it'll yeah. be a very different battleground. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, if, if I'm not the one to carry the torch, I'll lay the foundation for someone to carry. Boom. It, you know, we got to build the machine. Let's take some super chats, bro. All right. We went a little long. Normally we do it earlier, but. Wow. But I, you, you. you you started with something to say, and I had to hear it. <laughs> yeah, man, it's good stuff. So we got Jay Mack. He says, I'm Air Force as well, joined 09, medically retired 14. That experience really shaped my politics going forward, especially witnessing the rampant financial malpractice and fraud, waste and abuse. Great sample of small-scale social health care and how much it can suck. Thank you for your service. Hey, man, thank you, bro. Thank- you know, it's funny. We, we came in the same time, 2009. I turned, uh, turned uh, 19 in boot camp. Good fun. Right on. Yeah, man. Wow. My friend got bit by a scorpion during Beast. Oh, man. Happened. Oh, yeah, dude. Man. 
That's wow. funny. They tell you, you know, Bit? knock. Yeah, bro. You're supposed to, like, knock your boots before you put them on. Ooh. Scorpion no. went there. He put his pants on. I mean, he put his boots on. He bloused his pants. Scorpion went up there, bit his knee. Mm. His knee was as big as that globe. Oof. I was I like, always... I was like, they're going to have to lance that thing, bro. Oh. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. All right, let's see. Um, Mike DePew says, how to upset a Republican? Lie about them and lie to them. How to upset a Democrat? Tell the truth and uh, about them and tell, uh, and tell them the truth. It's pretty accurate. There you go. <laughs> Matthew Hammond says, will a rep Billy Prempe push for reform of the 1996 Telecommunications Act Section 230 reform? Edify me on that. What was it? Is that, well, well, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, oh uh, uh, This is why I have my phone number out there. Like, give me a call. I want to know about this kind of stuff. Se- Section 230 was the law that says Twitter can't be sued for libel if a user publishes something, right? So that a, a digital web service can't be sued as a publisher. Really? So basically... If you if you call me an idiot, or you know you, you you say that uh, I did a certain thing I didn't do, I can't sue Twitter because of Section two thirty. I can right. only sue you because you said it, right? But in it are special provisions like Twitter can remove things that are considered objectionable or lewd without removing this protection. Mm. So this is what allows Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and everybody to basically ban conservatives, right? Without being without yeah, no, I'm 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 total. I would totally change that then because like I don't think that that's fair because when when Twitter and, and Instagram and all these groups start you know editing this kind of information and you're no longer a public utility you're not something that everybody can use for free now you're you're, you're no different than a newspaper at this exactly. point you know you're, you're an editor line, so well, yeah, it's a fine line but i'm like if you can actually go in there and say because like, like look the way i look at it is like you know a very loose you know syndicated aggregate news kind of thing right social media yeah and if they can come in and say i'm the dictator no and pull that out then so you're not times. really social media anymore at that point now you're technically a publication that's the way it's supposed to be right now. And I agree. But for some reason, they're getting away with it. Well, then, you know, please, if you can, you know, send, send me more information. Billy Prempe at uh, Billy2020NJ.com. Um, I would really love to look more into that because if that's yeah. what's going on, then, yeah, we got to change that. That's not cool. Yep. Right on. Let's read some more. New Hersey Accent says, cheers, Billy. Thank you for your service. Make New Jersey great again. Please save the Silk City. Oh, yeah. Is that Patterson? Yeah. So Silk City, fun fact. Uh, Patterson's got a ton of history, man. They call it the Silk City because when they first started this country, the Silk City, they had all these silk mills that were powered by the uh, the Great Falls. right? Wow. And the Silk City, they, they clothed most of the world. I mean, most of the, uh, the United States when they started this country, right? And now it's uh, just the Great Falls. It looks beautiful. Everything. No more is... silk production. No, man. All those. Why, all not, the... why not? Don't we need? I mean, no. All that stuff left a long, long, long time ago. You know, and that's when that's when Patterson really started to go downhill. Like when a lot of the silk and manufacturing industry started to disappear. Um, people just started leaving, and it kind of was similar to what happened in Detroit when a lot of the, yeah. the businesses kind of just went under. Well, there's a certain presidential candidate who wants to bring the manufacturing back. Yeah, his name. Uh, he has he has what, initials. What, what, what's that guy's name? He has initials, DJT. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I may want to check him out. Oscar Ramos says, hey, Tim, did you see the Call of Duty Cold War trailer? They actually put Yuri Bezmenov interview, and I heard that. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Really? I didn't know that. You know, you know about the Yuri, Yuri Bezmenov? Yuri Bezmenov, this guy who's former KGB. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Wow. Okay, that's interesting. The Gentle says, Billy, what's your standing on the Second Amendment in New Jersey? I'm a New Jersey resident and have been waiting on my permit for a few months now. Whoa. A few months. months. Well, I know people. I know people in New Jersey who've been in, in Patterson. I should say who've waited at least a year and seven months before they got their permit, wow. which is madness. And to the best of my knowledge, that's totally illegal. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Anthony Colangelo. Anthony Colangelo is a good friend of mine. Um, I like he's probably the most prominent Second Amendment person in the United States right now. And um, 
he's he's suing a lot of these states to try and allow to to prevent this kind of stuff. I'm pro Second Amendment 100 percent. And in fact, to answer that question, I'll tell you a little bit of a story. I've got all kinds of stories. Right. Thirteen years old. I cut school one day with my friends. We go out. We hang out in the Fifth Ave projects. The guy we're hanging out with clearly sold drugs. It was very obvious. I didn't know this guy. He's probably like 45 or something, right? We're sitting down, smoking cigarettes, ha, 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 kids. And he says, hey, you kids want to see something cool? And we're like, sure. He goes into his closet. He pulls out an AK-47 with a huge banana clip on it, right? And he had two spent grenades. No, it was about three spent grenades that he had, right? They weren't live, but they were like spent grenades. And he had the tip of the thing that goes on an RPG. And I'm like... The, the, the only thing that's going through my mind is, for one, my heart is pounding like crazy because I'm like, this is the first time I've ever seen a gun in my life. And I'm like, oh, my God, like this guy's got a I wasn't 13, 16. Sorry about that. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's got a he's got a gun right here. And the only thing on my mind is, you know, guns are illegal. You're not supposed to have guns. How do you get guns? But then what was going through my mind is, how did he get grenade? Because I know he wasn't in the army. This guy was definitely a drug dealer. hundred <laughs> percent. You know what I mean? He's definitely a drug dealer. So I'm like. For one, how do you get how do you get grenades, even if they're spent or, or if they were alive? How did you get those grenades? How did you get an AK? And if you got an AK, I know banana clips are pretty illegal in New Jersey. How'd you even get the banana clip? So I'm like, criminals don't follow gun laws, man. They don't follow gun laws. Cause, and, and at that time, I, I don't know why. I always believed that, you know, you know, you know, T Murder went to, you know, Walmart and bought a shotgun and then he went and committed a crime. And that's not what happens, bro. Like, they're getting guns from these alternative means yep. and they're going to use them for whatever they want. So when you try and put these laws in place to limit what uh, Americans can do to defend themselves, you're not really you know preventing crime or helping anybody you're actually making it very difficult for the actual law-abiding citizens to take care of themselves their their property and their family so i think it's the stupidest thing in the world it's counterproductive it seems I, i'm from chicago i mean they, they they have gun crime and some of the strictest gun laws in the country right and it's always been the weirdest thing because i remember the first time someone said to me uh, when you outlaw guns only outlaws have guns i was like yeah because the people who own guns become criminals and they're like because criminals and yes and because criminals don't care about the law right and law-abiding citizens will say okay so that doesn't make sense does right. it and i'm like so how do you really stop criminals from getting guns or how do, you, how do you stop people i shouldn't even say criminals how do you stop people with malicious intent from getting guns? the only way you can stop i mean you can't unfortunately right. you just can't i mean the best thing you can do is like you know protect yourself educate the people because like me i'm a very firm believer that uh every single female on, on in the united states needs to know how to use a firearm i firmly believe that even if you even if you don't want to shoot a gun go to a firing range learn how to use a gun all right and the reason why i say that is because and i'm not being sexist here is like let's be real here you come across a guy that looks like brock lesnar you're not beating that guy all right but if you got a handgun you know what I'm saying? You got to know these kind of things. And, and I, I believe that, you know, to try and prevent anyone from from being able to defend themselves and like, oh, you got to wait. You got to count on the police and like, oh, yeah, gung ho for the police. But the police take time. OK, well, now they want to defund the police. So. <laughs> right. So, oh, okay. so and, and then to make matters worse, you want to. And then there's people that want gun control. But who's going to get the guns? The police. Oh, but you don't support the police. It's a catch 22. So with my, my, my gag solution, abolish all police and re repeal all Second Amendment you know, gun restrictions. So, I agree. And then, well, not just, the, not the just, gun reform thing. Well, I'm kidding. I right? mean, well, but right. like the most extreme, I'm like, okay, fine, we'll get rid of all the cops, and then everybody gets a free gun. They're problem solved, right? <laughs> no, not really. No. Right, so we got more. Um, Matthias says, support for Billy, your fantastic guest. People, people seem to really like you, Billy. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm no douchebag. That's good. <laughs> Reaperbot says, all elected and appointed seats in government, local, state, and federal need term limits. But they also need career limits so they can't just shuffle around every few years when they hit the limit on any seats in government, local, state, or federal. Interesting. I would like to learn more about that, or I would like to talk about that a little bit more whenever you get the chance. Here we go. Car uh, Carmine Sarno says, I'm not from Patterson nor from Alabama, but Billy is a fantastic guest 
and Godspeed to his campaign. Thank you. There you go. Oh, look at this one. Conserving Liberty says, Conser- Conservating Liberty says, would love to see Billy be president one day. And a lot of people are saying that, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You we'll, got, we'll you see got energy, man. We'll see the direct- I'm, I'm still young. I mean, you we, we, I mean? we, we, five start- more years, I hit 35, then hey, we, we don't know. We'll see what happens. We started this, I'm like, would you like to do an introduction? And you're like, let me give you a 10 minutes full rundown of policies. And it was, it was, no, it was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, good energy, man. All right, let's see what we got here. Sea Turtle says, what if we hold police accountable to the UCMJ or equivalent? You know what's funny? I thought about that. You familiar, you familiar with UCMJ? Vaguely. Uniform Code of Military Justice. Yeah. So it's, uh, it operates under its own legal system. You know, I thought of the exact same thing. I was like, you know, that would actually make sense. But for one, that's going to require a lot of work to try to revamp that. The, th- the only thing that kind of scares me about that is I, I, that's a good question. And I, I think it makes sense. But it's like, what if... I, I, my, my fear with that is the police becoming too militarized. That's yeah. that's my fear with that, right? Because with the UCMJ, you, you fall under a different protocol. Yeah, there are certain things you can and can't do, but it's like, you know, at the same time, you do not, like, like when you're in the military, the Constitution, you support it, you, you protect it, but it doesn't apply to you. You don't have any rights. You're GI, you're government property yeah. at this point, right? You're under the UCMJ. Um, I think that's, that's, that's something to consider, um, but you that de- we definitely have to look into that a hell of a lot more yeah you know i think that that's kind of that's an interesting take actually yeah jake kemp says implement something like the usaf inspector general's office oh good people. independent of pds only accountable to higher offices at state and federal level serves to investigate fraud waste abuse etc also leos need a higher standard i.e an adapted ucmj no, some of what we was talking about, yeah, and yeah. that's that, that's kind of what the Jaro bill would do. Um, except I'm, uh, I want this to be under the Department of Justice, unless you know there's probably a better solution. As of right now, this is all just a work in progress. You yeah, know, when we get to Congress, we start beefing with each other. We'll figure it out. Got a lot of Patterson people. Check this out. That's uh, good. Let's see. Uh, New Hersey accent says, "Or oh, wait, did I read this one? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Go Billy. Make the Silk City great again. Patterson was an industrial powerhouse in the early days of the U.S." New Jersey is a hardworking state that deserves principled representation. Amen. I agree with that. Rad. Here we go. Pamela Hoffman says, sorry, Tim, this would have been a much larger super chat, but I just donated all to Billy's campaign. Get out. Oh, wow. That's totally acceptable. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank your, you. Thank you. What's your website? Uh, Billy2020NJ.com. If you guys want to donate, Billy2020NJ.com forward slash donate. Thank you. Azazel the Fallen says, damn, I really like this guy. I just donated what I could in honor of Tim Pool. All right. Wow, man. <laughs> Thank you. Goblin Marv says, hey, Tim, you should try to get Sam Hyde on the show. He was one of the first people to be deplatformed when his Adult Swim show was taken, even though it had some of the best ratings. I know. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that for sure. Yeah. Well, cancel culture comes for everybody eventually. Villa Music Dude says, ugh, an argument between a friend and I about Shinosha. He says excessive force. Oh, Kenosha. Kenosha, I think they meant, yeah. He says excessive force. I say we don't know enough facts yet and that context is, imp- uh, context context. is important. At what point should they use? Should they have used force to stop him from going to his car? You know, that's, that's, that's a very that's a very difficult tough, question man. to answer. And it's like you know, there's a report that I believe was done by uh, News Seven where there was a political activist. I mean, not a political activist, but a, a, a police brutality activist that he went on a ride with these police officers. I don't know if you saw this report, Mm-mm. but he goes on this ride with uh, with with some police officers, and um, he kind of they, they they run him through some drills. Like right, this guy's gonna go behind his car. You know, when do you use excessive force? Every single time where he tried to be rational about it he failed he either shot the guy too early or you know he thought the guy was safe and then the guy would actually pull out a gun and kill him oh and yeah, all yeah i remember yeah. this and then he was like well <laughs> why'd you do this it's like man it's 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 a lot harder than you think it's a split second yeah, decision dude. you know what i mean have you ever seen the MythBusters where they did a knife versus a gun 
and they found the knife was better. Yeah, yeah, I seen that one because it's faster, man. If I if I get you, I get you, bro. Yeah, <laughs> they were like at twenty one feet. Out of shape, Mythbuster guy was able to close the distance and get a strike with the knife. Yeah, before other dude could. Pull I don't the think gun out. you know when you when you when you get into like combat sports or you're you're you know learning a martial art, you're dealing with weapons, disarms. Like I've I've studied Krav Maga for quite a while, for example. It, it, it looks easy. It, it looks like, oh, this is something that's very simple in the movies. And there's even certain moves that look very flashy but would actually get you killed <laughs> right. if you do it the wrong way. You know, it's very, very split second. Yeah. So um, it's this isn't a Bruce Lee flick, flick. You know, like what the police officers are out here doing is it's really hardcore stuff. It's very difficult. And you only have seconds to kind of respond to that. It's not yeah. always the correct response. And, and you know, you know what tends not to go viral? The video. There's, there's one video that went viral recently where two officers were trying to detain a guy. And then he goes into his car, pulls out a gun. Oh, no, no. He, I seen that yeah, one. I seen that one this morning. Yep. Yep. So they, 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 they used their taser on him and it failed. Exactly. And then he, I think he stole one of their guns or he, he pulled one out of his car, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, like, no, he didn't even get a chance to get into his car. I think he had the gun the entire yeah. time. He, so, basically, so basically in the video, there's two police officers. They're behind the car. You can see from the dash cam footage. The guy's on the passenger side. He runs around to the side. The police, they grab their taser. They both try and deploy their tasers. I think one misses and the other one fails or something. He pulls out his handgun. He shoots both the police yep. officers. And that was all within a span of like three seconds. Yep. You know, and that's two officers that try to go for the non-deadly alternative, and both of them got shot. I don't know the status of whether those police officers are alive or not, but but that video doesn't go viral. No, of course not, because then that defeats the narrative. It's like you you you, you want them to believe that it's like these police are are, are like Spider Man and they can they can catch anything at any. Or they got moment. spider sense. They right. know it's coming. It doesn't work that nah. way, bro. Yeah. Here we go. Ben Cheever says, just started catching up. This guy's brilliant, extremely personable, and most importantly, inquisitive. Thank you. There you go. I'm no fool. Mike Chilson says, great show as usual. Good luck to you, Billy. Have you guys seen the 404 page on Trump's website? Oh, Check yeah. it out for a good laugh. You oh, always yeah. disappointed. Have you, have you seen that? It's Biden, right? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, <laughs> and he's like I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm saying, like, Trump is an internet candidate. Yeah. He's fun. He's funny. You know? <laughs> this, the guy says, sending love from the Tim Pool fans, respect and debate FB group. There's a moderator on a different Tim Pool fan page called Joe E. Rogue that masquerades as a Tim Pool fan, but is nothing but lies with how he censors us true TP fans. Keep it up. I didn't know that. All right. Mm. Well, you know, inner drama. Renegade Shuriken says, it's happening. I just watch a bunch of protesters go down my street, cornering a truck and then burning an American flag in the middle of the street. See. This is Appleton, Wisconsin. Cops are out. They are trying to manipulate traffic. Yikes, man. Val Era says, evening, Tim. Lydia, uh, and Governor, Senator, uh, Prempe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Senator. F future well, 2B, huh? Maybe. Policing the police is true change. Look up the Justice of Peace Act. Was it England 1361? A JP, a person of unquestionable integrity and who commands the respect and confidence of the local community. Hmm. Okay, I'll look into that. All right, I think we're going to get a big super chat jump. Happens sometimes. Justin Best says, huge fan, Tim. I found it funny that you have more subscribers and views than a major candidate running for the presidency. This is true. Biden's YouTube channel is dismal, to say the least. How does the Democratic nominee not get any, any viewers? Trump 2020. That's true, man. Like, the, dur during the DNC, we, the live shows we were doing were like 20, 30, 25% or 30% less. But I'm like, that's kind of crazy that the, the biggest political party in the country can't muster up massive viewership. Yeah. Now I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to play games. I, I don't. We'll see how the RNC pulls off. Because earlier today, when I was watching, they had like twelve, twelve thousand, I think. But it's it, it's hard to calculate what their viewership's going to be. Right. I'm interested to see what the ratings are. Yeah. I am. That's what's really going to come down to. I'm not sure if it's going to matter. You know, because you know, well, we'll see how things play out. Brian says, "Hey Billy, 
when you when you win, tell Cory Booker to go f himself. That's why we're voting for Rick Mehta. Rick Mehta. Shout out to Rick Mehta. That's guy. right. He's doing the thing with the uh, Atlas Gym. Yes, yes, yes. He's out there. He's out there right now at Atlas Gym. They joined his uh, finance committee, I believe it is. Have you considered anything like that? Um, no, I have not. Because I'll, I'll be completely honest, and this is going to sound really ignorant. I have no idea what that even means. Because I'm like, you know, this is, so, like I said, I'm doing this on my own. Right, right. Basically, Atlas Gym gets shut down. So right. Rick Mehta turns that gym into a campaign office. That is madness. That is genius. That's what he did. That's what he did. Wow. So Rick. Now, now it's like we're doing workout fundraisers. Rick, that is genius, man. <laughs> that is genius. Rick, why didn't I think of that? Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right, Rick, man. Okay. I got to call Rick after this, man. I didn't know go. that. Kevin Wiley says, hey, Billy, I'm from New York. And after listening to your words, I can, su I can support you because you have the best interest of the people long term. Keep doing you and fight the good fight. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. Someone, Jesse Johnson says Billy has gained 600 followers on Instagram since he shared his name. Is that true? I, I don't know, but I, but we're going to put up clips of the whole show tomorrow, so we'll have all, all the right. information you know. on there. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and to that end as well, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at TimCast, and my main channel over at YouTube.com slash TimCast. I would not be surprised if by tomorrow I finally broken one million subs. Yes. It's, a, it's a big day, I you guess. Like to, it's funny. Yesterday, um, yesterday I finally broke 7,000 followers. Nice. So that, was, that was a... On Instagram? Quite the achievement, yeah. Man, I feel like you should have way more followers. I should. I should. But, hey, they're also throttling me like crazy. You I know? won't be surprised. You know, yeah. whatever, when I first started in this race, before I was even talking about anything political, I'd get about 700, 800 people viewing my stories. Now it's down to like 98. And I'm like, that's madness. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully you get more followers from all the segments we do because I think you're a smart dude and I think you're doing cool stuff. Thank you. Yeah, man. All right. Let's see what we got here. Another other man says, Canadian here, but whatever, data-driven policy. Connect the crime stats to psychology papers with the understanding of what government should shouldn't do. Also, have cops directly beholden to the Constitution. Hmm. They should be. I agree. Don't violate. I mean, that's that's common sense. Yeah. Theor Fander says donated fifty bucks on his website and another fifty bucks for you and Lids for bringing this guy on the show. Best show to date. Good luck, Billy. Rooting for you. To date. Wow. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. No, I got. I got to uh, agree. I mean, your stories, like your opening story about your your life, the, serving in the Air Force. You had me speechless. I was fascinating. I'm just like, I'm not this guy. Just go for it, man. This is awesome. Wow. Well, thank you. I think a bunch of people you probably know, just got hypnotized. Funny, funny, funny story. This <laughs> story. I've got tons of these, but I, what I noticed is the first, the first speech that I ever gave ever in my life was at the Passaic County Republican organization. That video you can find on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, wherever, right? And it's a speech. It's written. It's a written speech. And you know, I'm giving a speech, and it was it was a very good speech. Out of all the people that spoke, you know, I was the only person that got a real standing ovation, which I thought was fantastic, right? Um, but I, it didn't feel natural, right? Reading a script, right? The second time, you go to Bergen County, and um, this was the real speech. This was a really big one. I go out, and I'm, I'm reading this speech. I read like the first two sentences, and I look in the crowd because there was more people at this one. It was about like maybe 90 to 100 people in the crowd. I look up, and I was, uh, just do like B Rabbit and Eight Mile, and just choke. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh crap, I don't know what to say. <laughs> And then I just look at my mother, and she's there with my aunt, who my mother met when, when she came to this country, and she, like, really put our family on and everything. And I look at my mom, and then I just start talking about my mom and, like, you know, what she went through and what she did and, and what I intend to do for this country. And I just started winging it, and the crowd went mental, bro. And I just was – and then there was a guy. His name is Bob Focarino, and I want to say thank you for, for the advice. He gave me some really good advice that day. He told me two things. He said the first thing, man, he was like, bro, you don't look anything like a politician. If there's anything you're going to do, don't you ever cut those dreadlocks off. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, man. Yeah. And he was like, for one, they look cool. Yeah. And two, 
you're the first politician I've ever seen with dreadlocks. <laughs> you know? And it was like, the second thing is, don't ever write a speech ever again. Just wing it. Talk from the heart. Because when you talk from the heart, I felt that. Everybody felt that in the room. Just talk right from the heart. You got it, man. Yeah. Like, we, we, there have been several moments throughout this show where you've just, like, gone at it. And it's, you, you, you got good stories. You got, you talking about your strategy and your mission. Yeah, man. Wing it. That's good. Thank All you, right, Bob. Let's, let's see what we got. We got some more. Someone mentions, uh, uh, Giggles and Bits says, 56K viewers just on the RNC live stream on YouTube. Interesting. Booker DeWitt says, I would love to see more shows with Billy. Lydia is very awesome, too. Thank you. Yeah. The Real Fusion says, Billy, much love to you, bro. I'm hey, there. that's my boy. Yeah, there Me you and go. this guy, we used to run a, we used to run a podcast. And, and, well, a podcast in Patterson, man. Before it was like all anchor and easy. We, we, we had this podcast called Speak Your Mind Radio. He's a, uh, he's a rapper in Patterson. Fusion. Fantastic guy. Fusion, right. I love you, bro. Thank you, man. Rad. Yeah. He says, I'm very happy to, see, happy to see you coming up. You just hit 8,000 followers on Instagram. Get out. Wow. <laughs> 8,100. Yep, Madness. 8, I'm growing. <laughs> yeah, I'm man. growing. Fusion, I love you, bro. Thank you. Any Lucas Painter says, adding my vote to the best show to date pile. Have my first super chat, Mr. Poole. Wow, man. People, people, um, all these super chats, man. They love you. That's good, man. Yeah. Hasim Retina says, Billy, thank you for your service. May you wipe the floor with basement bill and make real change <laughs> in your district, <laughs> city, you, state. You, you want to hear any, another funnier one? And if you go on my Instagram, there's, there's a funny commercial that I made, right? If you've seen The Matrix, remember that scene where like uh, Mate, where Neil's saying now a Morphe is like, oh, you can take the red pill or the yeah, blue yeah. pill, right? So it's like in the video, it's like you see a picture of my face floating over the red pill and like Bill, bill. passed over the blue pill. <laughs> so I've got these shirts that says take the red bill. The red yeah. bill. Oh, so so you, can take, you can choose red bill or blue bill. You yeah. can choose yeah, here. I love it. Very hilarious video. So that's, that, that's kind of what that reminded me of there. That's awesome. Right on, man. Why don't you uh, give a shout out to your social media and to your website one more time? All right. So, guys, if you want to learn more, go to my website. It's Billy2020NJ.com. On Facebook, you can find me under Billy Prempe. If you want to join the group, it's called uh, Revive New Jersey. If you want to join it, you got to ask me because, you know, we got to vet this. There's weirdos on the Internet. Um, <laughs> uh, on Instagram, you can find me at some guy named Bill. On Parlor, and I should be on Parlor a lot more. Some guy named Bill as well, and on Twitter, which I should also be on a lot more. Some guy uh, named Bill, such an Billy Prampa. Yeah, that's why I liked it. I'm like, you know, and people were like, hey, "You should change. It. You're running in politics." I'm like, "Nah, I've been I've been using some guy named Bill since me and Fusion were doing the radio station." So yeah, now nah, you got to. I, I can't change that. Yeah, you know, how, how many people you know that has a, a name like some guy named Bill? It's funny. When, when is the uh, November third is the election for you? Is that no, November the third is the election? And also, guys, if you're if you live in the North area, if you're near Lynnhurst, I'm holding I'm hosting a fundraiser on. On Friday, um, at Mickey's Bar and Grill. So if you guys want, if you guys want to tune in, or you guys want to come by, come on in. The information's on my website. Um, you can purchase your ticket, do whatever you want to do, and we'll have a good time. Rad, man. Yeah, man. All right, everybody. We do the show Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m. So make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, hit the notification bell, and you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at Timcast. You can also follow my other channels: YouTube.com/slash/Timcast, YouTube.com/slash/TimcastNews, and we'll be back tomorrow at 8 p.m. And I think tomorrow's Sean Parnell, right? Yes, indeed. Sean Parnell. Yep. You know Sean, right? He made that really, really aw- He made a couple really awesome ads. So, Billy, dude, thanks so much for coming on. This has Thank been awesome. You. Thank you, man. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on some other times. Yeah, for uh, sure. Everybody else for watching, thanks so much for hanging out. And we will see you all tomorrow at 8. Bye, guys. All right.